It's crazy. That is true. He yeah. did that to it too, man. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, Ma. Really? Really, Ma? <laughs> right? Ma, woo, boy, I would have been mad to say I'm on my man. own. Fuck like, the teammate. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, I'm going to Miami. It's kind of easy when you listen to the cheat up sound. Pioneer speakers bumping as I smoke on the pound. I got the sound for your ass and it's easy to see. That this DJ be It's kind of easy when you listen to the cheat up sound. Pioneer speakers bumping as I smoke on the pound. I got the sound for your ass and it's easy to see. That this DJ be What's the deal? Welcome to the Everything In Between podcast, where thoughts transform into words, words evolve into actions, and actions bring us right back here for everything in between. I'm Jedi Master Quan, and I'm welcoming you to the Everything In Between podcast. What up, Dope Davis? What's good with you, Jedi Master Quan? How you living? Uh, right now, times could be better, but I'm thankful for everything that I have and thankful for all the opportunity and life that's presented moving forward. Um, no, typically we do the whole catch up, see how things is going, but I feel like with everything that just happened, it's kind of obvious on how people are feeling. Um, just the country, the world um, paused for a day, really just took a stop and pause and and took notice to what was happening and in the world. But um yeah, it's, it's been all right, man. It's been all right. Can't complain. Can't complain. How about you? Doing better than what everything, I deserve, man. Yeah, everything was going good until um Sunday. Sunday, it's like you said, it's when the earth just stood still and it was just like, yo, life is short. You know, life is short. Um, you really don't know what can happen in a bleak of eye. Shaking can just change for the worse. And it can definitely uh, change the trajectory of many lives in just one second. Right, right. That is true. Um, for those that are listening to all the betweeners out there, thank you for tuning in to the 12th episode of the Everything In Between podcast. Um, this is our third oh, podcast. Yeah, I got it right this time, you know. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> hey, hey, low key. Earlier today, I did, the, I did the double check count. I had to make sure that, you know, yeah, I said <laughs> said the right number. Because, <laughs> you know, man, I just, it'd be a blur sometimes. But thank you for tuning in to the 12th episode. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. And, you know, just keep rocking with us. Keep riding the wave and spread the word of the Everything In Between podcast because we love when, when new people come in and tune in to the show. But... Don't want to get it confused or get it twisted. We know this news is not news to y'all, but we're going to start it off with the Kobe talk. Rest in peace, Black Mamba. And hopefully this isn't your first time hearing it because I would not want to break this tragic news to you. But this past weekend on Sunday, Kobe Bryant and eight others, including his daughter, Gigi, 13-year-old, died in a helicopter crash on their way to um, a basketball tournament at the Mamba, Mamba facility in, in L.A. Um, I think um, that this is huge for the world. Um, an icon has passed away, and life life just feels a little different now. It, it hit a little different, you know, seeing things online, on social media, of him alive, his daughter, you know, her teammates, her coaches, just just seeing all the 
the info spread about them it just hit a little different now um, i know for me when i first heard it it was at a weird time you know my girl was here this weekend and we were just chilling i just picked up my phone and scroll through go scroll through uh, twitter real quick and i see a tmz tweet well not from tmz but from someone else that i find as a credible source you know that i know personally um he posted it he works for the huff post he's a, a editor there front page editor so i'm like okay i trust his word shout out to phil i trust his word but then i don't trust tmz all the way so i saw like two different things i was like yo what and that's when i sent it to the group chat and i was like uh hey y'all do, do y'all research with me <laughs> like like help me do research on this you know then i got a phone call and then that person was freaking out and i'm like i don't know i'm trying to learn figure this out i'm scrolling on twitter seeing the same tmz post and then i'm also on google on my laptop refreshing it over and over and over again i'm like no nah, this can't be true this can't be true yeah, and then like the first few minutes i was in denial too was like once you put that article in the chat, I was like, nah, this, look how this worded. Like, it don't even seem real. Like, they just definitely just rushed that out there. And it was just like, nah, nah, it can't be true. This, this ain't true. Mm-mm, not at all. Yeah, it just didn't seem like it didn't seem like something that was that was a possibility. You know, that could happen to such a person like Kobe Bryant himself. You know, and it kind of struck a lot of people by surprise. I think no one was expecting this no one could predict this um and it was just kind of sad but yeah i don't really want to sit on the sadness of it but yeah i would like to hear from you because you a huge kobe fan like you ride or die for kobe bro you i feel like you i feel like you probably fought a nigga over kobe before you know? <laughs> that's how much of a ride or die you are you know, like you love kobe so much that you haven't taped your ripped poster of Kobe. <laughs> it's just still like they're like, you know, it's just there, you know. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Uh, like again, when I first heard the news, I was just like, nah, in denial. So in denial. Then uh, as uh, time went by, wait. First of all, I was at work, and uh, I was just uh, getting ready to leave. You know, at the terminal with all the old heads. You know, they just talking. I'm just like, y'all. I think they, uh, I think Kobe just died, and uh, they just had, they had the same reaction as me. Like, no, nah, no, nah, not not Kobe. You know, what I'm saying they everybody looking at their phones, everybody checking Google, and we just like, well, if that was the case, then they would have hopped on ESPN right now because we had the channel on ESPN. Right. Then um, so I say about 20 minutes go by, I'm in the car, I'm driving home, and all of a sudden I just see like more and more articles. I'm just like. Yo, this is probably true. So I'm like, I started to tear up at work, started to tear up in the car. I'm just like, nah, it's like still in denial. So you know, I go to the gas station, grab a bottle and some beer. I'm just like, man, this shit true. I'm about to get drunk tonight, bro. Like, this is a Sunday, like, and I got work tonight. I'm like, man, I gotta get drunk. I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't deal with this right now. So yeah, you know, people texting me, calling me, like. Like, uh, you heard the news? Uh, duh, I heard the news. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm good. But um, then once I figured out it was real, boy, I was hurt. Uh, it's like you said, uh, it wasn't 
it was like definitely a, a devastating news to hear. Definitely in and out was like anybody that you expect to to survive a crash like that would be Kobe. Like yeah. any any type of situation you would expect Kobe, you know, make it out of. Cause that's because that's just who he was. But then oh, also yeah, uh, had to stay off Twitter because you know you now we live in a time where people want to come first with the stories. And a lot of these sources, credible sources, should be ashamed of themselves the way they was reporting all this damn news. First, they was coming out, uh, Rick Fox was on the plane, then his daughter, all his daughters was on the plane. It was just like, yeah, I it was sucked to see a timeline where, you know, I'm finding out my father or all my siblings is dead. And that's like, that shit was just disgusting. You know, like when I saw that, like at first it was like, oh shit, found out from Twitter. I gotta stay on here to figure stuff out, but then it's like every time I looked at a, a new source or a different source, it was a different, uh, it was a different scenario that they were trying yeah. to paint, and I was confused. Like, damn! When, when I saw the Rick Fox thing, I was like, yo, another person, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like another one, and then like seeing the whole family, I'm like, the whole family? Um, right. Then I'm seeing all these different. These, uh, it just didn't. It just didn't sit right. So I had to hop. I had to delete the app. Instagram, Twitter. After yeah, I, I, after it was confirmed, I had to stay off of it because I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. Want, I didn't want to see that and then like go through those emotions of like different levels of pain that that was just like feeling. Um, shit, they had a which was really helpful throughout all of this TNT. You know, after they canceled the Clippers and Lakers game. They had uh, the the regular TNT host there, and then they had a few guests like Dwayne Wade, Jerry West, Rick Fox, D Fish. They had them on from time to time, and I thought it was funny because they because they mentioned that like that same thing of these news outlets painting the wrong picture. Boy, that last thing Shaq said to Rick Fox when they said he got him on his leg, he said, "Boy, if, if I call you again and you don't answer, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna put these hands on you." Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, that's real." Fox, yeah. But then it, it was crazy just after Shaq said that because they was closing out and you really getting captured the moment for real or see it. Everybody else's face was like, "Yeah, man," like they was. Like they was like, yo, I was scared for you, but you, you alive. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> we looking at a ghost right now. Like, hold on, damn, Rick Fox dead too. Like, I swear, it was like thirty minutes. I believe Rick Fox was dead too. Man, was like nothing. Thirty minutes, I believe it was like him and all his daughters. Then, like once they confirmed it was just him and Gigi, I just, that was just even worse. Like, and I was just like, then I kept seeing the meme of him, him and. The, him at the game talking to her because you know that's been like a viral meme for like the over the past year since it happened and it was just like yo I was just heartbroken just because uh, just because of what you put in the chat um, you said uh, you thought uh, Gigi was going to flourish into one of the best uh, basketball players that we've seen oh, yeah. five senior year no it, either if she was a girl or a guy no but doesn't matter yeah. and I was like and I second that statement because she was coming man <laughs> she was and, coming and I, I really I really felt that and, and I, I wish I would have put that in the chat immediately when I when I thought it like a month ago a month or two ago because I was sitting there I, I listened to the Knucklehead podcast with Q Rich and uh, Darius Darius Miles. Miles yeah Darius Miles and I listened to All the Smoke with uh, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson they both had Kobe Bryant on there oh, as guests. Kobe was on both of those uh, yeah. podcasts. And you know, 
they, they talk basketball, but then they also talk life. And one of the things they incorporated into it was like fatherhood now for you, Kobe. Blase Blah, what that looked like. Especially they, they all both of those podcasts love to just jump on. Your daughter fell in love with the same game you fell in love with. A lot of them talk with athletes about that. They children falling in love with the same sport. And just to hear Kobe's strategic plan or how he was not just teaching his daughter, but all the other girls on the team. All the other girls. So like, he was actually coaching. Yeah. Physically like, coaching these people. Like, he wasn't in the sidelines. He was coaching them. Right, exactly. Teaching them the fundamentals. He was saying he was teaching them the fundamental skills that a lot of NBA players strive to have. And they was learning it, you know, immediately when they first picked up a basketball. So you ain't got to unlearn all the crap that your high school gym teacher taught you. Because <laughs> they, they saw it on a YouTube tutorial. No, you getting all this from Kobe, Bean, <laughs> Bryant. And then also you getting these these NBA players, these WNBA players, these college players that come in and they, they honored to be around your coach. So they pouring in all this information to you. Oh, man, he's, he's telling stories about how he was teaching the girls the triangle offense. Like people in the NBA. It was like 13 Worship and 12 the triangle, triangle offense. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. That's a uh, complicated offense to learn. It is. <laughs> that's why they don't do it at all in the NBA no more. <laughs> and he's teaching these little girls how to do that. Middle school girls. And I thought that was just beautiful. And then just to see, like, her practicing with WNBA players, NBA players. And you can see that that relationship wasn't like a, you going to inherit this passion because I had it type deal was like oh you like this game yeah like okay i'm I'm gonna gonna take you with me wherever i go (laughs) and i seen him on uh late night talk show i forgot which one it was and it was just like uh a he was saying that uh a fan came up to him like when you're gonna have a boy like i uh like you need to continue the legacy and like he said Gigi was with him and he said uh she was like nah i got it i'm gonna continue that's that's all me and I was yeah. just like, whoa. <laughs> and you can you know, tell, like, she was just, she was so in love with what he did. Yeah, and she had that heart with her. So I, I firmly believe that if, by the t- and I watch a lot of high school basketball from, like, the highlights and see what these young guys doing, because I just, I just like to see where the game going. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a fan, you know, and I see a lot of these guys, some, they, they're seniors, but a lot of their high school stuff don't translate very well or transfer over very well to college and then to the NBA. But it's, it's, there's reasons for that. Her skills, man, and people people been making the videos now of showing her doing the same moves that Kobe was doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo. <laughs> this, this come, come to the gym after a dance with heels on, just dribbling, dribbling, like really dribbling, not knowing. Yeah, freaking no. it too. <laughs> yeah, she freaking. I'm like, damn, like, hold on. She was, she got on heels. She just walking around with ease with the ball. I'm like, yep. Yep. Man, so that that was real. I don't know. That was real, man. I just really wish you could have seen that because, man, that. And also, rest in peace to the um, seven other people that were on the helicopter as well that passed away. Um, that is that is very tragic. Very, very tragic. She got two other 13-year-olds on there with, the, with that are uh, teammates of hers. Uh, one of them was a wife. And the father with their daughter on there, and yeah. like they had two other kids, so uh, you can't. I can't even imagine losing both parents and a um, sibling. Sibling. Also, yeah. I seen something earlier about uh, Kobe and Vanessa made a pact never to fly on the same helicopter together. I was just like, in case you know, 
on, on these type of circumstances was to happen so you could wow. not lose both parents. I was like, I mean, because when you think about it, like uh, Kobe, this this was like a normal drive for him. Like, oh yeah, is, very normal. He was in the NBA twenty plus years. He he done rode airplanes. He done rode the same helicopter for like you know this was a norm. This this is why this was like so shocking because this was like a Sunday afternoon. He just calling everybody up just to get on the plane. You know, we, hey, we at the Mama Academy, but it's time to get to work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then uh, it's just you know I seen something about why he didn't drive. Nah, he, he always did that. Ain't no driving. Because <laughs> ain't no driving in Cali, bro. <laughs> yeah, last year, um, right before I turned 24, I was like, I need to read Mama Mentality. I kept seeing advertisements for it, and I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to read it before I turn 24, because I ain't going to be out here saying Kobe year without reading Mamba Mentality. I read I that. I put in the chat, like, hey, y'all didn't read this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I read it, and I was like, whoa. And one of the things he did mention was why he had to uh, fly and everything. And I thought that shit was powerful um, when he was, because a lot of these greats, they, now they're telling stories about Kobe which is, is wonderful, and it's great to see because when he was in the league, he was very private. You didn't see Kobe out. He, didn't, he wasn't doing interviews. He wasn't making press conferences. He talked when he needed to talk, and that was that, and he mm-hmm. stayed to his family and stayed to the game, and if you caught Kobe stayed out... Stayed in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> and stayed in, in the, literally, literally stayed in the gym. <laughs> but one of the things he mentioned was, you know, he talked to a lot of greats before him while he was young, and it was he said that they told him what are you willing to sacrifice for this game and he said he had to sit and think like i'm not sacrificing basketball i'm in love with this this is what i do but i can't sacrifice my family either because i love them and then it was shown like over time and especially recently after he retired we got to see a lot more but it was shown that in order to make that sacrifice, I got to hop on this helicopter. So I'm going to hop on this helicopter to get to the to the facility at 3 o'clock in the morning. And then I'm going to fly back in time to see my girls off to school, see my wife in the morning. And then once they're going off to school, I'm going to fly back for the team practice. Yep. And then I'm going to go back and get them after school, pick this, them up. This is a norm for him. And then I'm going to go back to the gym, get some <laughs> more time in after I pick them up from school, see them, blah, say, blah. And then I'm going to go back home, get some sleep in whenever I can, and we're going to repeat. Yeah. You know? And so those people with those ignorant comments of why you ain't just drive, bro, because I'm Kobe fucking Bryant. I don't live the same life as you. That's why I different mentalities, man. You know? If you haven't read that book, yeah, it's called The Bummer Mentality by Kobe Bryant. It's definitely a great book. Also, uh, check out Spike Lee's Stock With Him, Kobe Doing Work. It's definitely a great movie. He 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 bought out that game. Also, another uh, great documentary is called Kobe Bryant Muse. It's uh, exclusive to Showtime, and that that right that whole documentary alone is like it's from in depth from the beginning to his uh, last, uh, not his last game, but uh, to his uh, injury with the Achilles. So it's up to there. So um, definitely check that out because that that will definitely get you motivated and understand that Kobe was just a different animal. A different animal. But the same beast, <laughs> man. So, and uh, I want to get it all out here on this Kobe segment. I, I, we can take as much time as we want. One thing that really pissed me off seeing was the ignorance of people online saying different things or like why y'all mourn over over man y'all haven't met blah blah blah. 
Mm. And definitely can talk about that. I hate that foolishness, and I like to debunk that with just you know going into what was your first early Kobe moments and memories because our life has been nothing but Kobe for real when it comes to basketball. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, first and foremost, um, people that say that they are uh, fucking ignorant. Excuse yeah. my language, fucking ignorant. But uh, Kobe Bryant to me, though, like Kobe was uh, definitely my idol. Uh, a lot of people root against the Lakers. I was rooting for the Lakers. The only time I didn't root for the Lakers was when the Detroit Pistons played them in the finals. And I can I can never go against my hometown team. Yeah. It's Detroit versus everybody. And that makes that ring even more special because we did beat a Kobe Bryant-led team against Jack Carl Malone, Gary Payton. That's a different story from a different day. So... First Hall of Famers. Memory. Those are all Hall of Famers. Yeah, all Hall of Famers. Add, add D. Fish in there, too. He'll be a Hall of Famer. He most definitely. Most definitely. So, um, first basketball memory of Kobe is just like, well, this is back when, like, uh, the playoffs used to come on NBC. You hear that? Dun, 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 <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, it's just playoffs. Like, you know, I just, it's not, I don't really fully remember because I was like, what, five or six in 2000 when they uh, first made that run to the playoffs. Then it's just like, all I see is Kobe out there killing it. Uh, all I see is Shaq down low. I'm just like, yo, who, who this guy? You know, um, but earlier, though, I, I remember having my first basketball game on a Dreamcast, and Kobe Bryant was <laughs> on the front of that game. Yeah. So I used to play the hell out of that game on a Dreamcast and just always had the Lakers. Just always been a Lakers fan, always been, been a Kobe fan. So as I got older, I grew up with the, uh, with the older level of Kobe, um, going through the rough patches with him, with the Lakers, because they got bad after Shaq first left after that uh, 2004 season. And it was just Kobe was just still out there doing work, dropping an 81 point game. Uh, Calling out Smush Parker bum ass. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Smush Parker. I'm sorry. But... Don't even warm up. Cause I ain't about to pass. Man. <laughs> man. That's funny, man. But like, yeah, like I was saying, like a lot of people rooted against the Lakers, but I always rule always rule for him because I fell in love with basketball just by watching him uh play the game the way he just played and the way he just just so focused and the way he his work ethic was unmatched. Uh, his determination, the way he was a student of the game, it was just definitely just unmatched and he was just the closest thing uh to Michael Jordan because I never get to got to saw Mike actually play in his prime. We definitely saw the old Mike in Washington. Yeah, we saw Washington. As a young Mike. Kid, we saw Washington. Like that's what, so that was the image I had of Mike until I got older and did my research and I'm just like, okay, right. Mike was that deal. Yeah. <clears throat> so for me, Kobe was my idol. Uh didn't really uh grow up with a father, so you know, it was just looking up just to just looking up just having a role model. Like he was my role model in a way. And I just like strive to be uh having my best mama mentality. Uh, the way I looked up towards Kobe. So uh, hearing the news, definitely, I shed it in a lot of tears because I was, it was like a piece of my childhood just gone. Like a lot of my childhood, like my whole childhood just gone because since I can remember, ever since I've been watching basketball, I just seen Kobe, Kobe, Kobe this, Kobe that. And uh, any argument, debate, people going against Kobe, you know I'm first A. Nah, just... And that's so true. You not talking about Kobe like that. You never disrespecting this man. That's that's how I always was. That's how I always been. And the people that say that just just 
just be disrespectful with that in regards to Kobe. It's just, it's just like, hey, you don't understand. I don't really have to explain myself, but hey, it's just the way I look at things. The way you look at things is probably quite different, but it's just like what I read. Uh, why you? <laughs> I seen uh, so uh, Kobe inspires you more than uh, your dad. I'm not about to be inspired by a nigga that dressed like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, then it was just like, yeah, Kobe ain't drop. I mean, my pops ain't drop 81. Uh, my girl ain't drop 81 and shit like that. Like that shit was really helping me cope with uh, losing. Cause like when I tell you like that Sunday and Monday, it was just real tears. Man, real tears every watching all these specials. Every I time I go on Twitter, Sunday, Monday, Monday was straight up cancer for me. I was like, nah, man, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I, it, shit don't feel right. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna chill today. I'm gonna take one like out. A, like it, it was like a weird vibe in the air. Like it was just a sad day. Cause like when I went to work, all the men that got on there just head down. You know, it was just sad. Yeah. And uh, he definitely made it hurt so still. But what he meant to me was definitely just more than what basketball is. Like the way, uh, the way he chose to live his life. In the way that I looked up to him, it will definitely never be forgotten. And also, it was great to see him transition after basketball. Oh, yeah. He won an Oscar. Um, starting the Mama Academy, working out with the uh, players of this generation in the summer, getting them better. Um, you know, holding different basketball camps from uh, L.A. all over the world. He was a global icon, global sensation, and definitely something in the game that's going to always miss forever. Yeah. Man, that's real. Shit, my first time, my first early experience of Kobe, because like you said, we grew up when Mike, or when we could actually start watching basketball as our own fans. Mike was at the Wizards. He had one foot out the door, <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> and, and that was that. And then we had T-Mac, AI, Kobe, Shaq, um, Steve Francis, um... A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of young, Steve Nash, Dirk, you know, <laughs> D-Wade. Like, we had a lot of young people trying to take that throne and that crown, for real, that just wanted to make that claim, like, no, nah, this is my league. <laughs> this, <laughs> this, this is my league. You know, a young Brian coming in, you know, all types of stuff that was happening. But Kobe really claimed that, and he claimed that early on from the jump, and Anybody that really came for it lost. Like anybody's favorite team got forty plus dropped on their head, and that's everybody. facts. Literally, everybody. only the only team that don't got forty from Kobe is the Lakers. Lakers, <laughs> <laughs> and that also speaks volumes. But my first early memory really is um, my auntie Berta, my nana sister. She used to watch me in kindergarten, you know, because I used to. Uh, go to school over there off six and van dyke and this was young and she was a huge magic fan magic johnson like huge magic johnson fan huge laker fan and i just remember her having like picture frames of kobe bryant magic johnson like around mm-hmm. at her house and you know i come over there you know my mom got for work a little later so i'm there and you know games is on finney games is on we either going to watch the Pistons or we going to watch the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that was that. And we sat there and we watched and she, and she knew her basketball. You know, like how your grandma know her sports and everything. Monty Berta knew her, knew her basketball. And she just, I would sit there, chop it up with her. And like, oh, who's that? Who's that? And 
see me, I had a fro then. I see a young dude with a fro. I'm like, who is that? She's like, oh, that's Kobe Bryant. Man, <laughs> doing all the sweet stuff. I'm like, I like him. And then it became a fan, like to the point where, you know, I got the jersey. And same thing with you. I had to make a decision when we played them in the finals. Like, dang, who am I going to cheer for right now? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to cheer for Detroit. But I'm going to have my <laughs> silent cheers for every time Kobe do something sweet. Like, yeah, Kobe. Like, yeah, that shit game, on. That game two was like a, damn, he killing us. Oh, my God. He hit another three. Damn, we about to lose this game. Damn, Kobe's just so good. Because he, right. he did some remarkable stuff that game, too, to uh, get that win. So, just spreading through that. And then, like, man, high school, middle school. Like, the middle school series when he went to, what, three finals in a row? Mm-hmm. And, what well, lost to the Celtics that first one. In which that mm-hmm. one was like, all right. These niggas just built a super squad with fucking Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Allen, Paul Pierce. And you got Kobe and Andrew Bynum and Lamar Odom. Yeah, I'm like, okay. these was on crack. (laughs) (laughs) Not the time. Not the right time. (laughs) And then, you know, he come through winning next year against, you know, the little young Dwight. Was was that Dwight's team? It should have been Brian. Brian should have got yeah. And then I just remember like hanging out during that time. This one school, you know, school is out. Yeah. Or yeah, close to that time when the finals is going. And, you know, people want to hang out and chill. I'm like, nope. We got one of the greatest fucking rivalries of all time going in the, in the NBA championship. Like you I'm Same like game series. Like, and that shit was beautiful, man. Just, to, just to see that, and then like that whole wave of, uh, well, even before that, when that uh, the series before when Lil Wayne dropped that Kobe Bryant song, and just like li- literally played that on Sunday, haven't listened to it in years. Knew every little ad lib, everything. I'm like, bro, <laughs> how, how much did I listen to this song? Where <laughs> it's just like most of them to know these lyrics, man, and to know everything. <laughs> so I don't know. That's just like my early Kobe. Kobe stuff and you know it really hurt you know to see the injuries at the end that was real yeah, shitty yeah. because it was like before that Achilles tear it was tearing it was niggas up tear. still and they was like they was going to the playoffs and they like single handedly fucking carrying the white <sighs> the white and next team to the playoffs and that's when he went to his Achilles he, he got him to the because I was thinking like, hey, we're gonna get to this AC the way Kobe playing right now. They might get his yeah. first challenge. Well, he had like thirty something in that game. He tore his Achilles. Yeah, went to walk to the line, made both free throws, walked off the court. Hey, that right there, man, that was like legendary. What the fuck, bro? Stop whining about <laughs> your pain. To t- tear your Achilles. No, you tore it. Yeah, rupture your. Like, to know you did that and to get up and be like, I'm all right, I'm going to make these mm-hmm. two. Then, wasn't there a timeout call, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, you got this whole timeout to actually be like, eh. <laughs> he walked to the bench, walked back out right. to the court. <laughs> you had the whole timeout to be like, eh, actually, fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going see, to see the staff. And what is also cool that he mentioned in that uh, Mama Mentality, which I like because, you know, getting to the book, I thought it was going to be strictly about basketball. 
but him highlighting the trainer that started with the Lakers the same time he started and talked about how both of them yeah both of them had that mama mentality of always like learn putting so much work into their craft and how many conversations they had about you know what are you doing to get better at your craft while like you know we both rooks in this shit <laughs> we don't keep going keep going keep going oh damn you did 20 years here i did 20 years here we look up and look at the time goes you're the best in the game i'm the best in the game and Facts. i thought that was just incredible but man that mentality to just like zone in i i use that during wrestling during football like football mm-hmm. almost every team i played for i was a captain on but i was the least vocal i didn't really say much I just did stuff. I just locked in. Let your play do the talking. Yeah, zoned in. And if, if any nigga got some shit to say, I'm going to see you next play. I'm going to make sure you remember that. Wrestling, bro, wrestling, when I figured out how hard Kobe worked, I was like, all right. I had a, a regimen where it was like, all right, I'm going to go work out at the gym. Five o'clock in the morning. I, I started this my, my sophomore year. Five o'clock in the morning, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out. Come to school. If we got practice in the morning, I'm going to go to practice. If not, I go to practice after school. After practice, after school, go home, eat a little bit, drink a little bit, work out in my career, work out for like an hour or two, and then go run four miles in the winter outside. Go run four miles, come back. That was an everyday thing until my senior year grade. Like to be conditioned that built and just like had that that mindset was like real strong. And like, you know, people would like look at me like, bro, you tripping, you crazy. You going to the gym? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to the gym. People would try to come work out with me. I'm like what you about to do? I'm like three sets. I'm like no, nah, I'm gonna do five sets. They're like five sets. I'm like, yeah. I, one, I'm here. You see this gym is it's fucking lonely. Not not too many people gonna be here. So all right, for the people that are in here, I'm gonna outwork all of y'all in this bitch. Like I'm gonna y'all doing three sets, bet I'm gonna do five. Why I'm gonna do five? Because the next person is thinking they gonna outdo this person doing three. So I'm gonna outdo that person. Outdoing that person, I'm gonna do five. You know, and like a lot of NBA players talk about that. Where they say, oh, I saw Kobe hit the gym. Like, uh, D-Way was talking about how they how he saw Kobe in his gym in Miami. He was like, oh, no, we got to go. We got to go work out to 3 o'clock in the morning. Yep. And still Kobe <laughs> was in there in the gym. Like, he, he's out working those those hard workers, you know? And I thought that was just like, that's that's such, that's like, it's great praiseworthy to that's see. That's what he said, because he said, uh, um, no matter what you do, I know for a fact that you do not outwork me. So therefore, you cannot be better at what I do. Exactly. Those are his words. I forgot what what analyst said that the, uh, recently, in the past couple of days. They were talking about the arrogance that Kobe had. It was like you can hate him, you can love him. I think it was uh, Kenny. It mm-hmm. was like you can love him, you can hate him, blah blah, all this stuff. But that arrogance, that swag that he had with him, wasn't just the inherited, entitled arrogance that a lot of you know young people today feel like. Oh, I got 100K followers on Instagram. I'm the shit at basketball. I'm like, mm-hmm. you can get ripped up. <laughs> Step exactly. <out> of <laughs> Kobe arrogance was, I work harder than you. I mm-hmm. know you can't work as hard as me. I know you're not ready for where I'm about to take you. And you so don't come fuck with me. <laughs> you don't have the time. You, you have other responsibilities to where I know you can't do more work than me at your craft. And that's how Kobe went about his uh, way. Also, uh, like the arrogance, like seeing like the stories that's coming out, like like <laughs> what Lou Will said, uh, he took uh, all the uh, Kobe shoes and said, "Throw them away, y'all soft, y'all can't wear these." Like, Bro, <laughs> that was Kobe, <laughs> and that, and that's beautiful because like when we was young, that's all we heard and saw was like that that nigga asshole. He like yeah. he 
And it was like, well, I love, I love every minute. I was like, that, hey, that's how it is. And I earned this guy respect. You, right, you, you know, gotta earn not, it. You're not gonna, you're not gonna give you anything. That's what a lot of players, uh, like when D Wade was talking about, he was like, like he said Kobe was his idol. But then when he first got to the league, he couldn't really uh, go up to him because the next year Shaq got traded to his team. And so, therefore, mm-hmm. he automatically got pitted against Kobe. So he said against games against the Lakers, it wasn't no talking. It wasn't no helping them up here, helping them up, this and that. It was yeah. it was just straight up war up until they was teammates in the USA uh, Olympics uh, team, which is not until 2008. So that's like, what, four, to f- four seasons? Oh, yeah. yeah of him just not even really getting the uh, respect that he wanted from his idol. And he also, he did get a ring, too. So it was just like, really, it was fuck you, D-Way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I was glad that uh, he finally got, he finally got the respect from Kobe during the Olympics teams. And um, that, was, that was just definitely good to hear. But it was just shitty, though, the way the media pitted him against Kobe, the way the media pitted LeBron against Kobe. Everybody against Kobe went all alone. These guys either look up to Kobe or respect Kobe so much, and it's really starting to show now. Yeah, definitely starting to show now. And I think, like, post-retirement, we really got to see that and figure out how these guys feel about Kobe because, you know, we had these debates all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. You know, MJ, Kobe, Brian. How you rank? How you uh? How you ranking them, and whatnot? But these guys, they wasn't they wasn't ranking that. Yeah, they don't they don't care. <laughs> and, you know, we was having pointless ass debates, like exactly. pointless ass debates where niggas are yelling at each other, like for real yelling, like for real yelling. Kobe and LeBron fans, we hated each other for the longest. We are just right. now coming together, probably because LeBron went to the Lakers, and that's probably the only reason why. And barely at that, I feel like <laughs> it, it's like, still so. It was still a lot of animosity for yeah. LeBron coming to Lakers because it's like, damn, you was gonna come to our team where our man's who just was for twenty plus years. You see that nigga had loyalty, something that you ain't hot because you keep on switching teams so every year and year. But that's a different story from a different day. <laughs> <laughs> see what I mean? But just to talk about the loyalty of Kobe for staying with the Lakers for twenty plus years, you're never gonna see that again in the NBA bitch because no, it's Dame not got I, in it's, Dame got it in him I can see that but if he plays 20 plus years if he can I can see it Dame I can see Dame him. only only Dame okay you're right probably Dame but you never know because I probably I thought Russ Brook was never going to leave the Thunder but until he got traded no you know I, I, can see, I can see the vibes with Russ I it, saw it, I saw through it that wasn't, it really wasn't Russ though it was them they wanted to move on yeah, I don't know one but, year the Portland Trailblazers just not going to move on from Dame I mean, you never really know. But, like, when he get up there, they probably just like, hey, he's probably just got to give it up, you know? But that, I hope, that also I hope not. to, like, being loyal to some unloyal, like, shit. Like, ain't nobody loyal in these leagues. And a lot of these athletes talk exactly. about it. It's, it's like, it's like, it's, it's not, I was, that's what I was getting to. Like, it's not really the athletes. It's really the ownership uh, ways, too. It's just because, like, Blake Griffin getting traded when after the year before they did this whole presentation on how you're going to be a clipper for life, then he, they sent his ass to Detroit. Yeah, and you see <laughs> and how he just, looked. And, and he uh, just pissed. He, he's just, he just look pissed all the time playing with the talent that we have here. Hey, but we love you, Blake. We appreciate you getting us to the playoffs last year. But he, yeah. he, it ran him down. He was hurt. He literally carrying the whole city on his back. But yeah. like, it just goes to show you like the loyalty and the uh, connection that he had with management. 
because bringing because bringing Phil back, I, I did not know for the longest time Janine used to uh, date. Really? Jenny Bus? I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Damn, maybe I need to read this uh, Phil Jackson book I have. It's called The Last Season. Read it. <laughs> and Janine Bus was uh, they was you know. <laughs> I gotta read that. You know, <laughs> they was yeah. Like I was just like, that's not awkward. Like you know, like yeah, yeah. It's uh, very awkward. It's very interesting to see the story behind those two, just in particular. And just like it's definitely was a lot of times when Kobe probably came close to being traded. Like Detroit had to the Clippers. He talk, He definitely wants to go to the Clippers. Like Detroit had a trade set in stone for him, but he said, "Nah, I'm good on Detroit." I wish he would have came. That shit would have been dope. Yeah, hey, Kobe would have came <laughs> to the city. Man, we would have a statue. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> Man. But um I do wanna uh touch in to uh the fatherhood of Kobe. Cause you kinda mentioned it earlier today, you know, growing up without a father or the lack of that representation, um, what it was like to just see uh a man carry himself in the way that Kobe did carry himself. You know, even through some of like the blemishes from his life, you know, it's easy to look past that when you see. Hey, hey, he used to go to court and come back and drop like 30 and 40 on the Spurs, so. Man. <laughs> Man. <laughs> and That's all I'm saying. Like, he's a different animal, dog. He used to be in court for some bullshit then come back and drop 30 and 40 on the Spurs. That's all I'm saying, man. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, just to see him being very involved in all of his children's lives. Um, even to the point where he got so in tune with their lives that he's he, he started making children's books because he was like, yo, this shit's trash what they got our kids. Like, I need exactly. to make something that's better. <laughs> you know? Like, like, he definitely he had a book coming out. <laughs> yeah. A children's book coming out. The author of The Alchemist, I never know how to pronounce his name. It's like Paulo something swell I don't know yeah, him and Kobe it's, it's very difficult yeah. <laughs> to pronounce that name and if you haven't read The Alchemist please go read it it's one of my favorite books great book it would change the way you think of things and how you see treasure in your life but and the things that you want to get and achieve but that author and Kobe was teaming up to write a children's book and that author I don't know if you saw it but he said he deleted yeah, the file because I respect that right. yeah respect that was real Man, he said he just deleted the whole thing because there's no reason to publish it without Kobe, and no reason to to put out a, a unfinished product just because yeah. of the time of the death. It just doesn't need to see the light of day. Like it's yeah. fine. Like he's not forcing that. He's not pushing that. You know, out there. So it's like, hey, he just deleted it, and I respect that. But it's yeah, like it's going right. to what you were saying though. Like just to look into the, like where he was going towards with the um, with fatherhood, like. Uh, even at his last game, you see uh, his wife there and his two daughters there, you know, smiling, right. you know. And he, he told them, like, and that shit was funny, though, because he said, uh, he was telling them, like, yeah, I told you daddy didn't suck because, like, because <laughs> they was they was getting older, like, his last couple of entry plague seasons. Yeah. So they never really got to witness prime Kobe, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it was good for him to go out with that type of bang and, like, show them, like, yeah, no, nah, Pop's... Pops did this shit. <laughs> hey, exactly. I do this shit. I, all, everybody out here, whoever your favorite player, I'm your favorite player, your favorite player. <laughs> exactly. That's what he could tell his daughter. But well, I thought what was cool about just this whole, you know, 
new Kobe we got to see because, like I said, his life was very private when he was very, very in tune and active in the league. But it was cool to see him everywhere. His volleyball games, basketball games, the the two newborns, like the like those ones, just playing with them, being around with his wife out and just seeing like, okay, this is what Mamba mentality fatherhood looks like. You know, my kid has a game. You think I'm gonna miss that? We see that with LeBron James now, going to all of his son's games, featuring on his, his daughter's YouTube channel now. Like she's the cutest little girl in the world. Like so a little dark. cooking show. Yeah, man. So and just dark. seeing like I was like, damn, I gotta have a daughter. Yeah, bro, for real. Softening like, my heart up on that bit. Yeah. I want daughter. Just to see like, look, I can excel in sports, the a great athlete, mogul, icon, whatever. But men, check this out. This is what fatherhood looks like. This is more than just, oh, I bought you this bike. Be happy. I'm your dad. Rah rah or leave me the fuck alone. I'm going to stay in this side of the room. You stay on that side of the house and we only interact when we cross paths. No, this is like, I'm in tune with your life. I know what's going on. Um, I'm your biggest fan. I love you dearly. I want to see you succeed in anything that you do. You know, we see the same thing with Dwayne Wade, how he how he's taking the role of his children. Um, you can even say, shoot, Russell Wilson being a dope-ass stepdad and a dope-ass dad, like just being dope, you know? I think that's cool how Kobe just really showed fatherhood as much as he showed being an athlete and what we love him for. Yeah, man. At the end of the day, man, rest in peace to Kobe Bean Bryant, my all-time favorite, five-time NBA champion, two-times finals MVP, one-time most viable player. He should have had, like, two more, but that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> right. 18-time All-Star, nine-times defensive first team, two-time scoring champion, even got a slam dunk contest. Both of his jersey numbers are retired. I mean, the accolades can just go on and on and on, and uh, he's definitely my GOAT. You know, Did you say fourth all-time scorer? He, he, he just got fourth. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron just passed him, so. <laughs> Man, what an untimely, like, situation. Literally, the, the night before LeBron passed him, and it was just, it was crazy. That's why, I saw you, that was even That's... more crazier, though, because, like, he was in the media, and he literally just sent out the tweet congratulating LeBron, um, saying, you know, because, like, it wasn't really no hate with Kobe. He congratulated him, said this yeah. and that, you know, even posted a picture. LeBron went on, like, a four-minute rant of, like, what Kobe meant to him in his childhood and how he wanted to emulate Kobe and stuff like that. And it was just like Kobe was in the media eye for all that day because of the suspense of LeBron passing him. Yeah. And it's like when you passing a legend like that and, like, it's like it's definitely an all time accomplishment because who knows he probably can't get to two or or two or one but he got to number three and he's definitely he's definitely past Mike now and he's definitely past Kobe now with all time score so and, and, that's a, and that's a big achievement yeah and it's crazy because he just passed both of his idols back to back where it was just like whoa yeah. whoa okay and then, and even in that short little time, you start seeing a little bit more respect handed towards LeBron. Especially when Kobe came out and was like, hey, kid, keep striving, keep going forward. And then everybody was looking around like, yeah, Kobe, 
we can say that to LeBron. We can say good job. You know, keep doing like because you know because yeah, for so long we've been butting heads with LeBron fans. We and our dumbasses thought they hated each other too. Like and not even not even just like Kobe versus LeBron fans. I feel like a lot of people target LeBron just because he's LeBron James. And, you know, and he came into a league when people were hyping him up to be MJ, and people felt that. Y'all overlooking Kobe. He not even Kobe yet. And then just to see that moment of like, I mean, Le- you know, LeBron what? does have a so much. Some of that is his his own doing though. Yeah, with the yeah. decision and everything. So that's yeah. you know some of that you, is his own doing. But you can't blame. I, I can't hold being, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did what he did. You know, he, he went to college as he as he would say. He went to college for four years. He never got the chance to go to college. So yeah. got two rings, did his thing, came back home, won the ring. Now he better bring one home to L.A. this year. We ain't accepting none less, nigga. But uh, yeah, man. We ain't accepting none less. I don't see no scenario this year where LeBron don't win uh, NBA Finals for the Lakers. And they just say, this is for Kobe. Drop down. I might start crying again. Hey, for real. But before we move on. That's be sad. (laughs) Before we move on, I do want to let our listeners know. um, Or just inform y'all about the five stages of grief real quick. Because I've seen a lot of people, you know, Challenging other people on um, how they've been going about grieving this process and everything. Um, grief is going to look different in a lot of people, but I do want to sh- tell y'all the um, five stages of grief. These stages are not linear. So what that means, they can happen in different stages, different times. Let them come, express them. You might go forward, you might go back, you might revisit some stages, but just know that these are the five stages. You got denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So hopefully everybody can ease into acceptance. No rush. Take your time. I know over this past year, we've lost some legends with Nipsey Hussle, John Singleton, John Witherspoon, um, David Stern, Kobe Bryant. You know, we've lost a lot of people in this past 365 days. And we got to keep moving forward. We got to go through this grieving process um, one step at a time. So, yeah. And again, it's okay if you don't know these people personally. If they if they uh, influence your life some way somehow, it's okay to grieve. It's nothing against that at all. Yeah. They, they, this is your idol from afar. They, hey, you can deal with it how you want to. Just let it out. I'm grown man, black man especially, it's okay to cry. Let out a cry every now and then. Once you build all that shit up, you letting all that emotion go is when you get into some bad situations. So right. do better. Hey, one last thing before we move on to some brighter news. I remember when I was young, I had a Kobe Bryant jersey and it was 4th of July and somebody tackled me outside on the grass and I got a grass stain on my jersey and I beat that nigga Ooh. ass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, the picture is on my Instagram actually with me wearing that jersey, but you can barely tell. When it was young, but yeah, that was that. But in brighter news, I know you done seen the movie because you done waited for me to see it for so long. And I done begged y'all not to say nothing in the group chats. We would have had two legendary movies. I think one of them is going to be the best movie of 2020. Um, Just Mercy. Just Mercy is going to be the best movie of 2020. Easily. <laughs> Easily. Yeah, I can see that. But uh, Jamie Foxx and uh, Michael B. Jordan really did their thing in that movie. The, not just um, everybody did like yeah, I was about everybody. to say also like Ice Cube's son all the prisoners uh, yeah. his, uh, Jamie Foxx family even the white people did their thing like it was just it was a great overall piece 
It was. I didn't. I don't know the 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 real life events of the story, but the only from, thing uh, I was Brian Stevenson. It's based off a book from him, uh, Brian Stevenson. But the one thing that I was like, eh, was at the end when the when the uh, other attorney was like looking through his little folder and was just, I have nothing. Yeah. I was like, oh, come on, y'all could have gave me a little bit more. Y'all, y'all could have did a little bit more for me, but. No, nah, but did, did you like watch like after though, like how that town really kept electing that same sheriff? Yeah. Even same after sheriff. all that happened? So he retired. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. Fucking disgusting by that time. The, the yeah. South is weird. <laughs> really weird. <laughs> they hold on to racism like it's fucking, I don't know. Like his run. I was just like that. That shit was just wild. I can't believe he just now retired in 2019. Yeah, at his and own, at his own leisure. And clear as that, he really tried to put a black man behind bars just because he couldn't solve an unsolved murder, and and also they let another white man go free by the by them not investigating a murder either father. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's disgusting. And- there was a lot of talk about Michael B. Jordan and his poor acting skills or something like that. I always be seeing that like people just love to hate for some reason. So I was like, all right, we're going to see how he pin up again with Jamie Foxx. Uh, did he win an Oscar for Ray? Yeah, he won one for Ray. Yeah. Oscar winning actor, one of the most talented, the most talented person walking this earth, I believe. Oscar, Grammy. He can do it all. Stand-up comedian. Like... Yeah. I'm like I'm putting like I'm I'm putting Donald Glover. He's transitioning to that conversation yeah. with him. That's that's what my next. Year. He's going to get to that level. But Jamie Foxx, though, when you put his uh, resume up against anybody, uh, he can hang with him most yeah. definitely. Impersonations, like everything, he he does it all. So to see Michael B. Jordan next to him, I was like, okay, let's see how he act. Let's see how he does this. And there was one scene that was very captivating. Cause I remember you and Phil was like, there's one scene that y'all gonna share, like y'all said, to make you shed some tears. And I was like, all right, whatever. But I'm gonna guess them later. But I know one scene that was with him that made me shed a tear was when he got pulled over by that cop. And it was just like, damn, I'm helpless right now. I'm in fear. There's nothing I can do. My life in the South. Yeah, my life. Yeah, I'm I'm new to the South. My life is in their hands. I'm powerless. That's like taking what what makes a man a man away from a man. You know. Mm -hmm. And when he went to the uh, prison, and they uh, stripped stripped him for no reason. Man, he felt powerless there too. And it was just like, yo, the way he's doing these scenes, I was like, yo, he he can act. Yeah, I'm like, yo, like I really y'all, feel like y'all, y'all never watched Fruitville Station. Like he did his yeah. thing in that movie too. Shit. And I'm giving him credit for that because I, you know, we've we've experienced that together multiple times with police making like exactly. trying to make us feel powerless, feel less than or whatever. So it was just like, man, he really just put real life emotions and like into a scene and did that shit to the T and did that shit perfect. And I was like, yo, that's. That was great. That was real great. That was one scene. The scene I think y'all talking about is when what was his name Herbert? Hmm. When he uh executed. Yeah. Was that was yeah, that what y'all talking about? That's what I was talking about. Okay. Okay. I don't that's know what I was talking about per se, but yeah, that was an emotional scene for me. 
because it was like nothing he could do. And he was just watching that. It was just like, it was just, yeah, I should have said. Spoiler <laughs> alert if you haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah, man, spoiler alert. Get big. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, when when he was just like, you a free man. <laughs> and he was just like, I'm a free man, fuck. And he's like waving his family, come on up. You know, I thought that was, I thought that was dope. I thought that was uh, Also, the character the Ice Cube son played, uh, when he was just like, maybe I should have him look at, be my lawyer, look into my case. And then at the end, when they showed, uh, it took him like 20 or 30 years just to get him out. Yeah. Like, Bro, literally, this man whole life been on death row for something he didn't do because he looked like he could have did it. Right, because the guy said, "You well, you look like you can kill a man." What type of shit? Fucking <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, but disgusting. This movie, this movie was great, man. I, I really liked it. I'm definitely. I'm gonna Did you watch it, it again. Yeah, I think I'll watch it again. Just because it didn't have that ending of. Damn, <laughs> being helpless. Yeah, like Detroit and, was. And did not help. That hope yeah. I had it. Ending of hope, especially seeing his accolades after, yeah, um, after he went in his first case, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's like, and I thought Mar- Miss Marvel couldn't act either, but she did her thing, yeah. There what too. the hell? I saw her, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, she, I'm like, she, she did her thing in there too. I was like, Captain Damn, Marvel was kind of Captain Marvel can act. I, I didn't know, I didn't know she could act. She got in her bag. I was Ooh, like, show some emotion in uh, the next Captain Marvel movie. <laughs> show some emotion in the next Captain Marvel movie. Uh, what was going to say? <laughs> uh, it just slipped my mind. Yeah, that movie did suck. I, I really <laughs> just like that movie. But, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, if I think, if I would have saw this movie and um, When They See Us in high school I, or early years in college, I definitely would have pursued being a lawyer i see what these movies have been doing and i've I've been seeing like the narrative with things now in movies and film on what it means for there to be uh, black lawyers or lawyers of color um to really take those jobs in those positions because they've started to show what a lot of people don't get to see the behind the scenes of a lot of people look at you as if you're just another case file. But if you do get someone who can connect with you, relate with you, then there's going to be that effort put into it. And I took that from this movie, Just Mercy. When me and Naisha was leaving the theater, I was like, this this film really made me. And it sucks, man, because fuck. The whole, it relates back to Mamba mentality. This movie really makes me want to like, well, not want to like, but really makes me appreciate and want to continue to strive even harder in everything that I do. If, I've, if I'm working public service or working with people or doing anything, do it to my best ability. Go the extra mile. Shit, go the extra three miles, four miles, five miles. Keep going and keep pushing yourself to be the best. And then that you can be, not the best around you of whoever's around you. Be the best that you can be because you've seen that from the jump with him. You know, he came down on some bullshit. Dude talking about some, no, I'm not having those people in my building. Well, all right, cool. We just, we can just do this out of your living room and we can make whatever make make whatever out of this. Brian and, Stevenson is a real uh, life uh, name. He wrote a book about all the stuff of his accolades that he has accomplished with uh, being a death row lawyer. And it was just, yeah, he was with it. He was about it. And I think that that's why this movie ranks 
it was only the first month of, of 2020, but that's why this movie ranks so high with me so far right now in 2020 because of the messages behind it that they can carry on and push with you. There's a lot of value. Mm-hmm. There's some there there's some there's some good uh good gems in there that we can always carry with us and take with us. So yeah. If you haven't seen Just Mercy, uh, sorry for the spoiler, but still go see it, enjoy it. Um it's a it's a black yeah. movie. Go see it. Yeah. <laughs> all for my all my non black listeners, go see it. Just yeah. uh, witness what uh the South has put our con through. You know, and that was interesting going there, but it was a theater full of white people. Hmm. And every yeah, time there's like, you are in the South. Yeah, and I am in the South. And every time there's a controversial, quote unquote controversial movie, and it's like not all black people in there, I'd be like, huh. Okay, let's see these people's reactions to certain scenes. Okay. And man, like they like they were in there crying. Like majority of the movie. I'm like, oh, here comes that that guilt again. But I'm like, dang, like this movie really good. It got people crying in here for real. I'm like, yeah, right. that shit was sad. That shit was sad for sure. Definitely had its uh, teared up a couple moments, but just like the overall message of the uh, possibilities of not actually dying on death row for something you didn't do, and uh, this man dedicating his life for getting a positive outcome of getting this uh, people they can't represent themselves or get the misguided representation and getting these guys out of situations to where they could have lost their life for something they didn't do. It's definitely a great positive story, and it's definitely a great story that everyone needs to uh, witness, and that everyone has to read up on, and everybody has to uh, see because this shit does go go goes on in real life. This is happening. Like <laughs> you can't turn a blind eye to this shit. This could happen to any one of us, especially any one of us, just at a blink of an eye. <laughs> and uh, you never know when you might need this type of re- uh, representation or uh, this type of hope. So where you're like, no, someone will be out there fighting for me. Right. That's real. So all you young high school kids, middle school kids that be tuning into the podcast, um, sophomores in college, juniors in college, freshmen, watch this movie, man. wonder how this would change your perspective on your career. The second movie. Bad boys for life. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? All right. So that was like... Way How you better. feel about that? That was way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, because usually like when you revive a franchise, especially it took like a 17-year absence, you was probably like, how is the chemistry going to work with Martin Lawrence and Will? Like, is this going to have that still kind of, you know, funny? Was it going to be funny? Is the story going to be dumb? There was so many questions I had on yeah. for the movie. And it was just like, and it was just like, damn, how they going to pull this off? What, what right. was your first thoughts when you first saw it? So when I first saw it, because you saw it twice. Yeah. So when I saw it, um, I was like, all right, let's see. Let's see how they do this. You know, the movie starting off right where it left off. Yeah. You know, Will Smith being the badass, kick-ass cop detective. Martin Lawrence still having, like, anxiety, all types of stuff. It was cool seeing character development with the captain. Mm-hmm. That was that was really great. Just seeing like his new approach on how he like <laughs> how he just like changed over time. He's a little bit more calm, doesn't jump to excitement or yell too often. Um, seeing some of the old characters from from the movies come back forward was pretty dope. Seeing like them age 
and showing the age was very important to me because that made it real yeah. and that's what that's what I kind of like and don't that's what I don't like about the Fast and Furious franchise oh we, here we go yeah you know I you know how I feel about this franchise they this has been a franchise that's been going on since like what early 2000s 2000 2001 first yep. Fast and Furious came out yep. how these niggas almost 20 years later jumping out of planes and shit doing all this wild stuff shooting guns and driving across Listen, I, when, don't, when you don't have an audience up. and you make that much money as this movie franchise brings to the box office it only makes sense just to keep on bringing them but I, I like they probably should have stopped after they should have stopped after Paul Walker died that should have been the last one Fast and Furious. that should have been the last one like the one that just recently came out it was just like it was uh, it was a it was a great story about you know him having a son and all that shit you know it was just like but it was like nah the Hobbs and oh, Shaw yeah, was son. a spinoff <laughs> the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff <laughs> with uh with The Rock and Jason Stranum and, and uh that movie was alright you know it was just like uh, and they're coming out with another one this time they adding John Cena um, yeah what the hell's going on man I, I, like, they're bringing back uh Lucas Black from Tokyo Drift so I'm going to be interested to see how they uh, break him into the fold, but I, I'm a fan, you know. I'm I'm gonna go check it out because like Fast and Furious is that definitely that series holds a special place in my heart because I think the uh, the fourth one, the Fast and Furious before Fast Five, that was like the last movie that I wanted to go saw that I saw with my stepdad before he passed, uh-huh. and it's like the way they transitioned from that to Fast Five, I know he would have loved that shit. Probably not the bullshit they coming out recently, but like the transition <laughs> yeah. from Fast and Furious to Fast Five, that shit is just amazing the way they yeah. did that, and that's why they they have oh Cardi B is going to be in that movie too, and that's oh the reason why God. like I was, like it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do, and it's just like the the amount of money that they make with this series is going to be like, yeah hey, they getting cheese <laughs> they like you know shit hey might as well keep making them so shit. Yeah. If the audience is there, you can't pay for it. Why not deliver? But they better deliver with this next one. But I think uh, Bad Boys did a much better job of passing the 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 torch on to these so new like, actors during it. Also, also you show it showed like it was a missed opportunity with the them being in a movie, not being in a movie together so long because they mm-hmm. aged. Like Martin yeah. Lawrence and Will Smith, I know they probably was just like, "Yo, I can't do my own stunts." <laughs> yeah, we probably like, like we probably should have been there and shit. Like it probably could have been a spinoff by now. Like probably yeah. could have been on a six or seven bad boys with them just being a captains and shit like that, not to where they are now. So that's definitely probably a missed opportunity that they could have had. But it's definitely good to see where they're going to go with the uh, fourth movie because it's definitely going to be another another one after the success of this uh, new one. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, also, I did like the whole technology spent on everything. It was like, because Will was like, well, Mike Lowry was like, let's let's kick in the dough, waving guns and shit. And like, no, we don't got to do that. We no, just, yeah, send drone. Drone? He's like, what the? F-? <laughs> he's like, let's go get these guys. Like, you didn't just bring me here to watch. And he's like, uh, yes, we did. <laughs> and then, you know. But then, like, showing them. But then showing them... I feel like uh, that was a bad time for dude to break up with her. <laughs> yeah. Probably a horrible time. Like, did you just see her in that movie? God damn. 
I yeah. forgot you're not single. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, <laughs> it was nice seeing them accept technology in the end of the movie and, and kind of go with it how resistant they was before and <laughs> at first. But yeah, what you think of the movie? Me? Yeah. Uh, Coming from Bad Boys 1, the whole storyline about covering the witness and the uh, last scene where it was like their shootout in the lobby with his wife and all that stuff. Then the way they ended it was great. I felt like Bad Boys 2 was better because it got better with that whole storyline with Gabrielle Union finding us. They need to bring her back for the fourth one. They're not going to do that. <laughs> he in love now. Ain't no point to bring her around unless she's going to be a cop. They said the fourth one gonna be uh it's gonna be like the time gap of what we missed from the seventeen years. How they so gonna do that? It's gonna be it's gonna be the past. Like what happened in the past. It's gonna introduce to how Vanessa and the Mudges, you know, got together. It's gonna show uh, what what we missed. So little, I think it's gonna be dope. And it's definitely gonna and th- and it's think it's gonna show uh also what his son was doing. To spoil alert, what his son was doing. <laughs> to get alert. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, his so son was interesting. He was in that bitch tripping. Man. Yo, when he, <laughs> he was like, God, Mike is getting his ass. <laughs> he said, Yo. wait, what he say? He said, he said, he said, wait, would you, would you, would you fucking witch without a condom? Witch without a condom? Wait, he told him all that stuff. He said, Mike, you fucking put shit out of God. Right. That, that's, that's the what shit I was saying. Like, no one told me all this shit, but yes, that's what I took. Like, <laughs> that's funny. Martin Lawrence, he was in his bag in that movie, oh, bro. Oh, he for sure was. He was in his bag that movie, bro. And when you watch it again, bro, you're going to catch even more jokes. Cause he was he was talking shit the whole time, Oh, bro. yeah, he for sure was. When he, oh, my God. When he was tired, he was just chilling in the house, <laughs> fucking shit up. Yeah. <laughs> then the scene they left the baby <laughs> right that was funny but that was hilarious leaving the baby oh, and then the fucking house. body just dropped down he was like oh no 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 <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> she, she knows she always knows <laughs> yeah that was hilarious that was a great movie um, well, from the one from Bad Boys 2 to that it was just like it was like you know cause they didn't really uh, bring out enough information to where the storyline was going yeah, they kept it closed in, which I liked it because it was definitely something I just want to experience for watching. Because a lot of movies get spoiled to what's going to happen and stuff like that. So for me to go from Bad Boys Two, still the best one out of all three, though. Don't get me wrong, because the way that ended and the way that was just we ride together, we die together. That scene yeah. and also the morgue scene when he was in the morgue—that's the funniest shit ever. That's the funniest shit ever. He'll <laughs> be a drunk at the at the captain <laughs> house with the off the pills. Boy, that's Man. the funniest shit ever. But just because, like, you can really fall off so bad by making a third movie, especially with 17 years in between those movies. Like, is the audience going to be there? Uh, do people really want to see this? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's bad. Boys. And uh, yeah. it delivered a great movie. Like, the storyline was great. The action was great. They didn't really look that old. It showed it. They, they, they incorporated their age into the movie. Yeah. So that's what definitely where it looked good. And, uh, it was just great. I loved it. He was uh, fixing up my man's beard, hiding all them grays while he was asleep. He said, I stay by your bedside. Wipe the jewel off your mouth. 
But yeah, two great movies, man. If y'all haven't seen the movie and we haven't spoiled it enough for y'all yet, go see it. <laughs> go see it for a second time or whatever, you know. Even if you already seen these movies already, and you, there's a girl out there, a guy out there, man, go see it with one of them or something. Enjoy y'all You know what time. I want to go see? What? That's, that's about to come up. The photograph with uh, oh, yeah. Ray and uh, Langton. Bro, that, mm-hmm. that movie, like, it's about to be good as hell. Oh, yeah, I want to see Sonic, too. They both come out on the same day, but I'm probably going to see Sonic that Thursday. I'm probably going to see Photograph Friday. Hopefully, I go with somebody. We'll see how they oh, acting. Oh. How they acting? How she acting? How she acting? How... <laughs> Let me see, rephrase I, it. Say I clear this one up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I'll get nosy in your business off record. We'll say that. Um, moving on, we got... Something that was kind of devastating seeing recently, like, really broke my heart. I didn't really find any funny in it. I didn't find any humor. Um, I saw a lot of people making jokes and shit. I I didn't really care to laugh about this one. Um, Delonte West. A lot of people, that was, like, big news a couple weeks ago about just how he was... It's been news over some time now. He's been doing bad ever since leaving the NBA. And some people got all the jokes about the LeBron James and the blah, 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 and wooty woo. And yeah, that shit was funny back then when, yeah, you know, that's, that's a different time. When, when he was up, you know, you know, that, that shit was hilarious when he was up like, oh, he fucked LeBron James' mom and blah, 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 woo, woo, woo. Like that was funny. It was crazy. It was crazy. That's true. He yeah. did that to a tweet, man. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, ma. Really? Really, ma? Right? Ma, woo, boy, I would have been mad to say I'm on my own. Fuck hey. the teammate. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck Cleveland. Hell yeah, I'm going to Miami. But, man, to see him in the condition he's in, you know, there's been videos circulating of him on, on the sidewalk, looking down bad. Definitely like he's caught in some realm of mental health, um, some substance abuse, maybe some addiction, maybe somewhere in there. Look like he could be possibly homeless or definitely could look like he don't have much money left after making, you know, NBA money. Not LeBron James NBA money. Well, even though LeBron... He made more than the average person makes. So, I, yeah. it's like, it's like, hey, hey, I don't feel bad at what you made, nigga. You, yeah, you made yeah. millions. Right, you, you got to go out. And then um, I saw some other things circulating about him. Uh, I don't know the time frame from this, but him, it was on, like on a street highway or whatever, like a busy road. And it was, and they say it was him. It was just this guy just whooping this man's ass, like giving him a, a fucking smackdown, like just really whooping his, stomping him on the road and everything. There's a video of a police officer interviewing him. Which I think that police officer got fired, which was kind of interesting how some police officers don't get fired for other things. With certain but, things that they do, we're not going to talk about that now, but keep going. Yeah, but but this one got fired, so that I'm like, kudos, but I hate to tie in all police together, but fix that as well. Um, of just him not making much sense of his words, for real. Uh, just kind of rambling, going off, um, and just saying things. And I saw some other people talking about maybe the NBA should step in. So I wanted to bring this to you and just ask you, how do you feel about this whole situation and what do you think the NBA's approach should be with this? Should they leave this alone or should they try to like intervene? 
no. they most definitely should never leave that alone when it's when uh we just got off the uh Kobe subject. And uh, yeah. the narrative that's been pushed around is like how the NBA is like a brotherhood, it's like a fraternity. Yeah. That uh, once you're in there, that's for life. And it's definitely uh, like some type of program or some just some type of stability to where they should be able to offer help, uh, get him back on his feet. Like I read something where it was like LeBron and Mark Cuban was just like, hey, we it's whatever to help him, you know, out yeah. that uh, bad place at the end. I was reading stuff like that, it was just beautiful. But it was just like now going back to the employer, the NBA helping them out. They most definitely should, because uh, this is this is a guy who definitely uh, clearly he needs help. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> no other case about it. Like seeing him like that, like seeing him talk the like he was talking and explaining what happened, and like I couldn't even watch that whole video. It was just sad to see. It's yeah. sad to look at him getting his ass beat like that, and it was just <laughs> I even say it like that, but it was <laughs> like. Yeah, dude, he was, he, was, he was getting yeah. work. I mean, shit. But, like, shit, crackheads, like, whatever he, whatever he owned, drugs ain't, drugs ain't really feeling him to fight. I mean, like, so, <laughs> so clearly, yeah, drugs he, ain't feeling him to fight. Yeah, like, he, <laughs> but seeing, like, him talking to, like, yeah, the cop that recorded him, sad, I'm glad he lost his job. You're disgusting. But, um, Wait, if, that, if that cop didn't do that, what we know, for real. I guess like people knew what condition he was in, but would it be talked about and surfaced like this for real? Like if that cop didn't record him, would we know for real? This is just playing devil's advocate right now. What do we know? I felt like except uh, what we know for real, like I the feel conditioning. Like, I feel like uh, we. I mean, we probably wouldn't because it's not out there. We live in a social media age where when something goes viral, is in everybody's phone now. Yeah. But if it didn't go viral then nobody like LeBron Jameer Nelson who was a former team made the NBA none of the players none of the owners would know about this unless yeah. uh, people told them firsthand. and probably was like nah I don't believe that or like you know you probably just trying to get some money like you know what I'm saying but actually seeing that video of him being in that type of mental health crisis or drug crisis that he's in it's just like wow this guy needs some fucking help and hopefully he gets it man because that's definitely sad to see not even if it wasn't just him if it was anybody who's been up in life and you just seeing him now like this guy was in the NBA he played with LeBron <laughs> right like, yeah you played with LeBron <laughs> like, yeah I mean he wasn't no scrub either he was out there hooping <laughs> he yeah, had a he played. yeah yeah <laughs> So, like, I remember Delonte West. He was a light-skinned dude. He could shoot. <laughs> right. But then, like, you know, you got the NBA now trying to uh, push this mental health move. And it's just like, okay, if you're really about this mental health and you really want to see your, your players uh, do better on and off the court, then you should get you should get involved. And also, don't abandon the players that got you here. You right. know, all the players that, that need help. Like, the NFL is doing a... I think the NFL has done a poor job of looking out for their former players, but the NBA, yeah, yeah, yeah but the most definitely CTE. That's yeah. all I have to say about that. And the NBA, in my opinion, has always been like above the NFL when it comes to moralities. Even though they have their own fucked up stuff, but like when it comes to like values, yeah, I mean, they integrity. do because uh, what just happened with Kobe having these players play that day, they should have canceled yeah. all games that day. And and that's what I was gonna go to next is like, y'all say y'all care about motherfuckers' mental health, 
Man, these people are out here fucking grieving, crying, sad about this. I should, and y'all I should see pictures play. of a whole team crying. Then y'all want these guys to play a whole NBA game. Right. And if it's the money that you want, Kobe done made you enough money for years to come to miss these fucking games, to not Definitely. televise them. You know, I think TNT did a really good job. Um, the LA games, the Clippers and Lakers, having just the guys, even, and I felt kind of bad even having those guys sit out there and talk. But I know, like, at a time like this, it, it feels good to have those, see those conversations um, and, and just to have that moment to talk with, with you guys and whatnot. But even seeing those guys out there, I'm like, man, Shaq don't really want to be on camera right now yeah but it's unfortunately it's his job like yeah and and it's something that uh we as a audience should not look forward to um getting a statement from lebron getting a statement from um his wife getting a statement from Melo, cp3 Kyrie, who we haven't heard anything from yet it's just like something that we should let these guys grieve at their own pace you know yeah. what i'm saying the media and it's definitely sad that where the off. media is really keep on pushing, pushing people. You heard Charles Barkley like I declined so many interviews. I'm just like, damn, people just you know, y'all. That's that's just that's what we live in. Like you want to interview a man that's still breathing, and that's sad that's to dope. say. That's exactly how it's going right now. And you don't really care about nobody's mental health when they can't even process the effect that their one of their brothers are gone. Right, the um, person that's on the Mount Rushmore of basketball. Is fucking gone. <laughs> like, come on, man. But yeah, the no days off thing that that was that was really upsetting to see. I think that uh the NBA definitely uh dropped the ball on that one. But they definitely um they have do. they have a lot of opportunities to make that up for real, for real. But you know, hopefully they do things moving forward with helping Delonte West, um, more NBA players because. We all know how a lot of these young guys, and we can be real, man, a lot of them come from poverty, have never had nothing, and they're they young, and they get these million-dollar checks, and they don't know how to manage their money. They don't know how to take in all this new attention and fame, and it can it can go. like Not like the LeBron James of the league, but the the guys that's probably going to be in the league for three years, and then they out. like That, that can go that quick. Or the guys who have an injury, like... God bless Zion for being all right, but those guys, man, those guys could really take it really bad. Like, was Sam Bowie? Yeah, yeah, he's okay now. He's he's come to terms with his circumstances, but shit, I couldn't imagine being the first, the number one draft pick of the same fucking draft as Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan being fucking Michael Jordan, and you being exactly. Sam, but like I, that shit would that shit would like piss me off all the time. I would go into fucking deep depression about that shit all of the time, <laughs> like until I came <laughs> to terms with it, you know. But it is what it is. Touching it on sports real quick. Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. Mm. Disappointed in the Baltimore Ravens for not getting there. Okay. I really felt like when we look back, we're probably going to realize that this team, this shit that they have, is probably one of the best teams of all time not to win the Super Bowl. But that's going to definitely something we're going to look back and see because the way they dominated and the way they just played. It was just Are you like, saying the best teams to not no, win the Super Bowl? No, one of 
one one of the best teams. Not the best team that won the Super Bowl. I'm about to say. Because, I mean, should they won 14, I mean, 13 straight games in a year. I felt like uh, it was just, like, too much rest going on. Then, like, uh, they got behind, and Lamar really hasn't had a game yet to where he had to come from behind while passing. And that yeah. really messed him up big time because there was no way in hell Lamar Jackson should have threw 50 passes and it was his only second playoff start, and he's never done that in his career yet. There's no way that should have been the case. But uh, looking forward to the Super Bowl, um, going with the Chiefs. I'm really not a big 49ers fan. Um, definitely can't wait to see uh, Richard Sherman get uh, blasted, especially with the shit he just said about the Detroit Lions this week. What did he say uh, about the Lions? About the uh, he turned down a $20 million guarantee contract because of the Patriot way. He said he didn't want a condition with us. He just said the losing culture that they have. I mean, uh-huh. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I agree with that, but it's just like, bro, you could have kept that shit to yourself. You ain't got to. Yeah, like, bro, we ain't bothering nobody. nobody. Well, we, we, ain't, we ain't got shit to do with you right now, man. You ain't got to come right. at us because the real Revis uh, pointed out there that you really can't because you not like him. You really stick to one side of the ball. You not like the real Revis where he's following the receiver the whole game. It's really uh, Revis Island. No, you have a, you're a, you're a systematic cornerback who stays to one side of the field. That's first and foremost. That's why if anybody were arguing me about Richard Sherman, like, yeah, you can say that, but it's just like, is he going on this side or that side? You only right. you only can put him in a certain defense. He's not like up there with uh, the real Revis where Revis Island was a real thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A real like, thing. Revis Island was a real freaking thing. And uh, he, shoot, he got to two AFC championship games, but shit. You know, you want to know who his quarterback was? Mark fucking Sanchez. Exactly. So I don't want to hear shit Boom. about no motherfucker. <laughs> uh, he, he would have, he could have a simple, I don't know who, you could throw anybody else in there. <laughs> they might have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> or might have at least gotten to the Super Bowl. Man, but, anybody. Man, I think uh, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. My boy Honey okay. Badger out there, man. I'm like I'm just extremely proud of just. Yeah, I gotta I got take a statement back. I did call him injury prone. For the yeah, this year. you did. And you said a lot of season. shit. I, I I didn't. I never doubted his talent. That's that's first and foremost. I never said he was a screw up. Oh, I just said he was injury prone. And it was proven that his first couple of years he was injury prone, but he has played the last three years. And when he's out there, as you can see, he's a he force to be reckoned with. You see how he was laying that wood on them boys? Yeah. He was knocking them big boys over like uh, in the AFC Championship. But, man, I'm just very proud of him to see where he came from, man. Because I remember I, I, I debate about Honey Badger because that was when he was in college, he was my favorite college player. You know, and we done it <laughs> for many reasons. You know, he he played the same position. He was small in size, but he played like his heart out and everything. And I just really appreciated that. But fucking debating teachers, debating friends about him, bro, I'm just proud of him. I definitely want to see him get that. I definitely want to see him get that. And I, oh, I, oh, I hope he pick Garoppolo off. I hope he do, cause that that'd be. That'd be icing right there on the cake. Because you already know Mahomes going to get MVP no matter what. Exactly. But I know they're not going to give it to him unless he has, like, a dog-ass game. Like, he got to go crazy. Like, I got the Chiefs winning um, 40-45 to 
45 to 30 something low 30s not a not a 30 something that's like oh are they gonna do it I, I don't i don't think it's gonna be a blow i think it's gonna be a um, that you know when the chiefs want to score they're they gonna score <laughs> so throwing um what was it eight passes or how many passes did he throw shit not a lot <laughs> not not no, more. I don't than, think I don't think Jimmy's be that good. I think they got a great running game and a great defense, and you can hide behind that. But the they was five and so. that was they was five and up with them last year. So we are gonna see. It's gonna be really interesting to see how they uh, perform. Hey, Jimmy Jimmy G gonna have to really slang that thing for them to win. They gonna really he gonna really have to slang it. But I don't I don't think he can play for play match with Mahomes at all. Yeah, it's only <laughs> Russell, Lamar. That's it. That can go play for play with with Mahomes. And maybe Aaron Rodgers as well. But yeah. Alright, so moving on from that. Crazy video. Crazy thing that I came across. And I guess it ain't that, that crazy because it's people's reality. But over in China, they keep track of their people with um, surveillance cameras all throughout their cities and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And when I, this is on YouTube. If anyone ever wants to watch it, uh, it's uh, with Vice. It's called uh, "How China Tracks Everyone." Vice on HBO, but you can find it on YouTube. Um, and they they track you with everything. They they can find criminals. They can find. Uh, and there's, there's, they were showing behind the scenes stuff on it. It was just showing that, like, it'll scan your face and it'll bring up data about you. You know, people are clocking into work from face scans. People are getting into their homes from face scans. People That's are doing everything. Very dangerous. People are doing a lot All of... around dangerous. Yeah. Stupid, too. People are doing a lot of things for, like, security, privacy, safety, everything related to scanning their face and always being surveillance and watched. Um, they said that crime went down. They can see your likability and everything, and how well like you react to things in your facial structure and reactions and everything. And I thought that was that was like uh, a little creepy. But when they started telling like, oh, these have so many benefits. Crimes have went down. We found criminals faster. We've uh, we've had more tight <laughs> security. I'm thinking like, okay cool but china also isn't as diverse and well-rounded as the united states where it's like there's there's a lot of bias within algorithms that we've seen even to the point of our medical field there's bias in algorithms so i I was going to ask you could this be a good thing or a bad thing if done in america (laughs) it can be a good and bad thing Good thing, lazy folks. Easier access to everything. You don't have to, like we said, a face scan to, just to get in anywhere. Uh-huh. So it's, it's an easier access. It's an easier outcome. But it's just, it's just, it's just so. Nah, it's not even a good thing. It's just bad all around because everything <laughs> is, everything is hackable, bro. Yeah. Like, like you telling me, all it takes is a face scan to get into your home or to your bank account or to anything, and I could just hack that shit and I'll have access to your entire life. It's just stupid. 
Yeah. That's why I said that everything is bad. Like the technology age. To but point if, some, to where, if somebody if somebody did hack through face scans into your house, you would have surveillance of who did it. That, that's true. But still, though, it's like by that time, it's probably too late. It's it never too know? late. If you got insurance on everything. A lot of niggas don't. <laughs> niggas gonna have to get insurance, insurance. man. Insurance? <laughs> you talking about? <laughs> What's that? Rainus insurance? I thought it was just car insurance. It's it's more insurance. <laughs> niggas insurance everything, bro. <laughs> but uh, overall, though, it, uh, it's just this is not good. Like I I get it. I get to where where the technology is advanced to where you can have these possible outcomes to what you got to have easier access to uh, easier things just by the click of a fingerprint scan, face scan and all that stuff. It's definitely easy, easy to where that's accessible. But at the end of the day, bro, everything is hackable and everything is just out there. It's like a digital footprint you leave behind to where someone can get a hold of that and fuck up your life. That's why I just that's why I say that's bad. Yeah. Because it's the digital footprint you leave behind. Yeah, that's yeah. And and we're slowly learning what the hell that even is. That's digital footprint is and that's something that I've just been really keeping an eye on since the beginning of everything because it's like you leave behind digital footprint from, I would say us starting with MySpace, Facebook, Instagram, Bebo, Black have, Planet, Black Planet. We have a digital footprint through all these sites to where, if you haven't deactivated these pages, they are still accessible to where someone can go back and look at early pictures of you when you was a little ass kid. You, right. And it's like a digital footprint that's uh, out there that you got to be, be careful or something can come back and haunt you. That's all I'm saying. That's real, man. Because, man, we, we've seen just recently what's been going on with, like, cancel culture with Twitters and Facebook and stuff with people saying different things. And it's even that, but I, I can only imagine what gets recorded through that and what type of footprint that leaves behind. But um, one thing that bothered me with this, like watching that whole video made me just feel like I was watching a Black Mirror episode. Like It just didn't sit right. It felt like there was a catch-22 to it. Like there was something that was involved that was a little shaky and was like, uh, this is kind of weird. Like I, I, don't, I don't think I trust the government enough to, to look over that, even though there's surveillance around everywhere. You look at the traffic lights, there's cameras there. There's a lot of stuff, you know, people were concerned about hacking our laptops, so people put tape over their camera and, and whatnot, which is weird because you have your phone on still, and, and you, you don't, don't take have, that front, you don't take the front camera of your phone, which it can easily be uh, hacked also, just like the webcam. Uh, like, right. yeah, I did see somewhere where people do uh, cover up their webcam cameras without their phone cameras, and it's just like, you're really defeating the purpose. Cause I understand right. the webcam camera when we did first hear about that about when your webcam could be hacked and people could be watching it was just like oh it's scary but it's just like now that we got these uh, face cam face cam on the phones too like those can be also be hacked too right. so again like the, with the digital footprint also just like what you about to say about the government having everything so uh, easy access to the government is dangerous too which they already have it anyway to begin with but it just won't be just already so out there you know what I'm saying right like the movie Eagle Eye. Eagle Eye was insane. Oh man, I love that movie. Man, that was, I gotta watch that. I haven't, I haven't watched it in a minute, but that was a great movie. Definitely a dope movie, and it made you think like Big Brother is really out there. 
Big yeah, Brother is watching. Big Brother out there watching, yeah. <laughs> and you just like, yo, what the hell? And then you think about movie series like The Matrix. How how much do we want technology in in like ingrained into our lives? Like it's infused in like everything that we do, you know. And that's kind of scary sometimes when you like you'll see people like, man, fuck this. Like all these kids are not going outside anymore. And blah 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 blah. Like they stuck on these phones and these games and these computers, and it's just like, well, look at everything that's being made. Look at look at how we're we're living our lives. That's 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 definitely gonna be like overwhelming someday when it was like when you literally will have to unplug yourself, where whatever you want is gonna be in your body, like like that. It just felt like very black mirrorish, and it just felt very uncomfortable. And another thing was like biases. So they did one part of the video was like, let's see how beautiful you are. It was a beautiful <laughs> test. And and they're in China, right? So a lot of to us they all look alike. It's just What the hell is a beautiful test? It's like your likability. They just scanned your face, look at your features and see and rate you right I got there. A theory on about being beautiful. And I got a theory on that. Now I talk about a different day, but it's definitely I got a theory on all that. Like that's it's ridiculous, but go ahead. <laughs> but then, and then, you know, then they basically all look the same to me. I, don't, I can't really depict through the different ethnicities in China. And <laughs> you said they all look alike. That's what you trying to say? Not, not in the physical way, but like <laughs> they look alike. You, shit. <laughs> you, you come to America, you see a black person, Hispanic person, white person, Arabic, Indian, Native American, shit, Asian person, and you'd be like, wow, this is America. Like you wouldn't be able to put a face to America for real. But. But um, yeah, there was this white lady. She walks up to the screen, does a likable test, and it's just like, oh, you're rated like ninety something percent beautiful and whatnot. And I'm not no judge of who's beautiful or not, but I feel like that was definitely bias of like things because in my opinion, I'm like, oh, she's alright, but damn, beautiful test just gave her the A. I'm like, okay, I wonder what I would get and whatnot. But in a more serious note, there was a bias found with the algorithms in the medical field. And how there was racism with that, where it wasn't digital, and this is here in America though, and it wasn't digital. Um, it was it was more so on like testing results and likability, and adding in, you know, how much money you have if you have insurance, and it was just weeding out services from hospitals and other emergency medical areas and clinics and stuff like that that would leave out black patients because. The algorithm says that they don't have a likability, like they're more likely to die than they're more likely to live. That's so, that's a movie? so I, I'm not sure. This is algorithms that control the outcomes of patients. Uh, I gotta remember what that is, but I do sound very familiar though. Yeah, I don't know. But this one, this article is called Get the Racism Out of the Healthcare Algorithms. Okay. And, and, it, and it's messed up because there could be someone. A patient with the same, and they're for this, looking for the same treatment, mm-hmm. but one patient will get treated first or quicker or have better services just because there's a algorithm that says they're more likely to live or they're more likely to pay or they're more likely to whatever. And I can definitely see those biases transitioning into everyday life if we went to cameras and we started filming more things like. They said that uh, you could find criminals and people that have done things, but it's like they also said that they can 
they can get misrepresentation of your face and blah 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 and they might mistake you for somebody else so i couldn't imagine if somebody who looks like me or if i had a twin who committed a crime and it was like hey you did this shit and i'm just at the at the grocery store and then and then i get in trouble for some stuff and i and i can't get out of it you know so that's that on that shit how many uh how many openers was it this year at the end of the season that we had the giants the uh panthers the redskins there were the 19 there were 19 open head coaching spots over the last three years okay and only two were filled by black coaches but the uh, Dolphins got one from the Patriots. That's right. And who else was the other black coach? Uh, Chargers. Oh yeah, yeah. They did hire a black coach. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, he's a good coach. I like what the other did doing in Miami too. Uh, the way that season started for them, the way it ended, on a positive note, being the Patriots definitely uh, kept his job most definitely. Yeah. But um, the NFL does have a Rodney rule where all the openings have to uh, interview um, African-American or, uh, you know, just to show some type of diversity to the head coaching uh, vacancies so everybody that they hire won't be just uh, white candidates. So yeah. to make it fair to have an African-American uh, coach that's have the same resume as a white coach just to have the opportunity to interview but with that rule being in place, we're still not seeing the uh, positive outcome getting the African-American head coach jobs, getting uh, pushed towards uh, more African-Americans. Like they're getting passed over by um, college coaches um, yeah. who's having even stepped foot in the NFL. You got the Foot Alliance case going to get a guy that's never been an NFL head coach uh, firing Jim Caldwell after going 9-7. and seven just to uh, bring Matt Patricia who hasn't even won over nine games in his past two years here and Jim Caldwell still hasn't had a job yet also you got the Cardinals who had a black coach last year he goes what 1-15 they fired him after one year and they go get go get a college coach just because he's uh, relevant to Kyler Murray who, to the guy that they were picking and he only stayed there one year but you got a guy like Matt Patricia who's still Lions coach who haven't had a winning season yet so it's definitely you definitely get like a tight leash being a black African American coach in the league and it's uh that shit's sad bro yeah that shit is sad you know I I didn't know that uh Byron Leftwich <clears throat> Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers he is oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Byron Leftwich I, I, I did know that I did know that oh he, he used to be a dog yeah he was he was nice for the Jags yeah man I'm, I'm glad he's doing all right. I'm glad, I'm glad little Brian doing all right. Hopefully he can get a job. Him, Jim Caldwell, you mentioned. Um, the Chiefs offensive coordinator is Eric Benemy. Black how, how the hell does he have a job out of all the I, people? I don't know. You, have you not seen the Chief offense for the last two years? Insane. I'm, I'm saying they're going to put up 45 points in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> how does it? And he's an offensive coordinator and he's black and he's... Oh man, I don't. I don't want to. The, Bi- the Bills' defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. He, he had his little stand with the Vikings. It work out so well. But, but look at the Bills' defense. Exactly. But like, uh, like you were saying, he definitely can do. He can do better than what a lot of these other head coaches doing out there. Yeah. And then the 49ers' defensive coordinator, Robert uh, Saley. 
Salat Saleh. I don't know his last name, but look at the 49ers defense. One of the top defenses in the league. And I don't know. I, I just feel like the whole, uh, I think the Cowboys are stupid. Jay, well, I wouldn't want a black man coaching the Cowboys anyway, just because of how that organization is ran. Um, the Giants are completely fucking stupid. Giants, Panthers, um, the only team that made a good hire was the Redskins. They got Ron Rivera from the Panthers because he was the only, he was really the best coach that was available out there yeah. to be a coach. Like, I mean, so kudos to them for making a great hire, but everywhere else is just like, you got, you got uh, Panthers made, gave the Baylor coach freaking all that money he hasn't been he's only been at Baylor like two years right (laughs) and even he's not done nothing right or even when we was uh, discussing this podcast when when the football season started this year um what's what's dude name coaches the Raiders John Gruden John Gruden good 10 years 100 mil bro (laughs) they haven't done shit they haven't done shit but make noise in the media and stop the traffic and stock up draft picks gave away top 10 receiver in the league to a team that didn't even use that still can't even make the fucking playoffs I'm talking about the weak ass cowboys and I, I just think you know there was there was better things that could have been done when picking head coaches there but you know I feel like these black head coaches definitely need an opportunity and need a shot for real because you see what happens when we on the field now please don't ever think that intellect will just dissipate just because we're in a different position. It's only going to get stronger. It's only going to get better. All right. Moving on. Virus. This coronavirus that's been going around in uh, Wuhan in China. That is crazy. But... You saw this, this virus ain't nothing to do with the corona. Um, I'm 100% positive, bro. Right, oh, I'm not 100% positive. But I did uh, start this Netflix series called Pandemic, which is about viruses and stuff. Viruses. Like, How quickly yeah. they can spread. Yeah, and it was... Yeah, and it was just saying that, like, I think they're tracking this virus back down to food mm-hmm. or something like chicken. So that's kind of scary. Definitely. Like I said, this virus got something to do with chicken? Uh, I don't... I don't, I don't know, but I, I think it was something because I was like half asleep while I was watching it. But they was testing chickens' blood and they found the same like traces that were in that virus in this. They said, like, they said the same thing about swine flu though. About the bird flu. Swine flu. Remember that swine flu? Yeah, I remember the swine flu. But swine, like, motherfucker, just like you got that swine, right? <laughs> don't call me wrong. You got that swine. <laughs> and that's and that's what like. It's like even though I feel like we done lived through so many different. We, we don't take that shit serious, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the thing is, there's been what six thousand cases worldwide. 132 people are dead. Nearly 60 million people are under partial or full lockdowns in Chinese cities. There are 91 confirmed cases outside of China, including at least five in the U.S. Evacuations. Um, the U.S., Japan, and several other countries are now flying out their citizens out of Wuhan. What the fuck? I don't know why. Like, <laughs> like, like all of that. Like, you, like a whole city is being about to be quarantined, basically. And and somebody said in a group chat recently, like, what if this was a uh, China's way of doing some population control? Mm. And I was like, whoa. 
They are. That's kind of, I mean, wait, didn't they for the longest it's like you only can have one child, but then they yeah. stopped that? Yeah, they, they had that one child rule, but then they lifted that. Okay. Which is like... That was, that was crazy. You only can have one child. People was hiding childs and shit. They were they hiding childs? They was on a drink shit. I wasn't hiding my children. I wasn't hiding my children from the room. <laughs> Man, <laughs> all right, that's not nothing to joke about, but, <laughs> but oh shit! But even at that, it's like, damn, this is what it's coming down to. We got quote unquote could be. I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but population control. Oh man, that, that's that's kind I mean, of it wouldn't be shocking. Yeah, it wouldn't be. No. Shit like that, or anything that has to do with the government spreading the virus is not. Uh, not surprising at all. <laughs> it's definitely not surprising, especially after seeing that J.P. Morgan uh, submarine or whatever thing was that little wave runner that had all that cocaine on it and yeah. all that money. I'm like, oh man, yeah. what the fuck? What, what lie are we all living in right now? Exactly. Like we we in the bubble that we're not really uh, hip to what's really going on out here and how shit really go. That a bunch of people that actually know how it goes. And they would never tell us. <laughs> Man, and it got, what, three more cases of Wuhan coronavirus confirmed in Singapore? Like, that shit, man, it needs to stop spreading. And like, they don't have anything to cure it or anything like that. And every year we get a new fucking flu shot. I haven't had a flu shot in so long. Me either. But even even the schools down here just closed because there's so many sick people. Like, the uh, Knox County schools, all of them closed because there was, like... I don't know if the number is right. It might have been 65. Not Tennessee. No, university. No, they ain't closed. But like, the, the, the little schools. Uh, oh, yeah. The whole county's closed. Okay. okay. It so was like. You ain't, you ain't got nothing, do you? Hell no. But it was right, like. Keep school. that shit down there with you, though. Don't, don't even come back until you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's this day flu season. So this shit happens damn near every year. Yeah, yeah, Send your ass right down there with the day flu season. <laughs> We don't need none of that shit for the South bringing back up here, dog. <laughs> it was about like, uh, I think one school had like 20 staff out in one day. Mm-hmm. I-, I couldn't imagine trying to run a school when all the teachers are out. So it was just kids showing up. Like, that shit's crazy. But, man, I'll be damned, man. And if it comes down to this virus that's going to take us out, bro, I need to go, uh, do some more living because that's that'd be a horrible way to go out getting Look, sick man, we don't have the swine flu we don't have stuff that you can catch through mail we don't have a bunch of different diseases that, that them went viral since oh, yeah. we've been here and it's just like eh, y'all come at this with this shit every year it's just you gotta like, come harder than that son yeah <laughs> it's like so I actually see it where it's like some being quarantined around me and it's just like I, I ain't worried about it as long as I don't catch your arm, you good <laughs> But I'm definitely being in a public space every day. I definitely oh, yeah, you, got my little, got my alcohol bottle, you know, spraying the buses down. You know, I, I got to because it's only right because I ain't trying some, to catch no shit. You got some hand sanitizer on deck? Oh, I keep it. I got I got that big ass bottle of hand sanitizer. <laughs> That's funny as hell. Wear Man. gloves. I don't touch. I don't, don't touch me. Don't even come near me. Because you trying to stand tall to me, bro. Back up. I don't know. Like, back up. At all, bro. I play that shit, but you got to be careful because you're driving up. What the hell, people carry it down here? Oh yeah, especially when I'm working the line of work where there's a bunch of people that don't even have homes that's getting on my bus. Just got to be careful. Got to be aware at all times. 
Man, that's facts, man. For real. Shit, some other stuff I seen was the uh, 23andMe has sold the rights to develop a drug based on its user's DNA. Um, this shit caught my attention because I am one of those people who have used 23andMe to figure out my ancestry and some of my DNA. Wait, you said they did what again? They sold the rights to develop a drug based on its user's DNA. Hmm. Which... Which I remember when I first did 23andMe, and if anyone doesn't know who 23andMe is, this is a perfect time while you're listening to this beautiful, wonderful podcast to Google it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but um, it, I thought it was dope. It was a graduation gift from my mom. You just do a simple like spit in spit. You send it to them. Over some months, they send it back to you with your results. And it was quite fascinating to see my results that I got, just to see, just the answer to some things that were never known before. So I shouldn't do it now because it's very possible that Resident Evil could happen <laughs> off my DNA. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because these niggas are playing games with your spit. Do you see the er- beginning of every Resident Evil movie? <laughs> I am legend. Yeah, There's always like science just, trying to cure like this, some disease. Yeah, this shit's been out there. It's like, all right, y'all gonna fuck around. And it's <laughs> it's, it's not gonna be cool. Right. All right, man. All right, I don't get it. And but, I remember um, when I first did it, people always saying some shit like, oh, they're going to use your DNA to uh, catch you up, blah, 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 this, that, and the third. I'm like, man, one, I'm already out. I'm living out here clean, man. I ain't even out here trying to do something wild where... That shit in the system, nah. Just like man, our fingerprints. Our, both our fingerprints in the system. That shit there forever. No bro, what I do. With the fingerprint thing, man, I feel like... So we had... It was in first grade. They had police come to the school. Like, ooh, police day. Set up. Set up. There's like, oh, do y'all kids? Uh, like, I was yo. like, nope. I don't need. I don't want my fingerprints. I'm good, bro. Like, like, y'all want fingerprints? I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. All right. Years later, I'm like, fuck. Why did I do that? Get, yeah, that was like, a setup. God, yeah. They got all. That's what. That's how they try to get you, bro. That's how they try to get you, man. Fuck the police, man. That's fucked up. They going to getting first graders to do yeah. fingerprints and shit, keeping all that smart though. Population control. Very smart. Hey. Very very smart. But a lot of people was always saying, like, oh, they're going to catch you up. I'm like, whatever, man. But then when I saw this, I was like, what the fuck? Like, it's real. I don't know. We're in the terms well, of DNA is so like, unique. Exactly. So, hey. And I, and I don't know where in the terms and conditions that I signed saying, yeah, take my DNA. Fuck with it. I might have just been, like, loosely saying, yes, I agree to terms just to get my results. Because if you don't agree, you don't get shit. And I'm like, all right. Whatever. But I forgot. It was, um, what did they try to find from this? It was a, let me see, like the deal for the drug, which is being investigated as a potential treatment for inflammatory diseases, is the Spanish pharmaceutical company, Almero. But I guess they're trying to like work on inflammatory diseases. And in the picture, there's somebody holding their knee. There's things that like, I guess that flare up within joints and um, other parts of your body. And I'm like, damn, no, that can really help some people. That can help me in the future, you know, when mm-hmm. I'm old and I, I got all these problems going on. But what, what bothers me the most is that, you know, I, they just sold my rights and I'm not making any money to this progress to sure. this. You know, I, I should have some type of uh, monetary gain from this because this is my fucking DNA. 
you know, anybody should feel outraged over this. So then I, I when I found out about this story, I saw something about Henrietta Lacks. Somebody commented like, oh, Henrietta Lacks all over again? So I wanted to go see who the hell is Henrietta Lacks. Mm-hmm. Man, so it's this lady, okay. I, I'm just going to read a little bit off of this. Like in 1951, a young mother of five, Henrietta Lacks visited John Hopkins Hospital complaining about vaginal bleeding. Upon examination, Rion, a gynecologist, Dr. Howard Jones, discovered a large malignant tumor on her cervix. At the time, the John Hopkins Hospital was one of only few hospitals to treat poor African-Americans. So at this point, it's just like, okay, they're the only ones that's going to treat them. Now you're kind of sucked into this. And it's kind of like almost with the 23andMe thing. There's few, there's few databases or organizations that do want to help people find out their heritage based on their like facts and whatnot. And I figured that this is facts because when you do this, it'll show you like a list of your potential relatives off of people that use the the 23andMe. And it was weird that it showed like, oh, who you have most compatible DNA with. And my cousin popped up. I was like, what the? F-? And his mom popped up. And I was like, yo, I didn't even know they did this shit. And it was like, yep, these. And they were the highest. Oh my. And everybody else after that, I didn't know. But they were like, I looked at their trees and whatnot. I'm like, oh, they kind of like in that area where I got family over there. I got family over there. Then this might be my family for real. So that, that shit blew my mind. I'm like, okay, so this might be real for real. DNA like, is unique. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. And they'll show you like the history of like predicting of your people probably came from this time this just because your DNA has this in it. I'm like, all right, that's cool. But um let me see, let me scroll through this. Let me see. Found out it was cancer cells, blah blah blah. And they was kind of like intrigued by this cancer cells and how it kept duplicating and why it kept duplicating. It kept the cells alive. And cells kept dying and whatnot. And her sales kept doubling every 20 to 24 hours and then they nicknamed the cell the hella cell for the first two letters of her first name and her last name and they've used her cells ever since to find different discoveries within science in our body on how things work now has her family been compensated for this no has she made any money from this no and that's what kind of frustrates me about this whole 23 and me thing because there's like a huge pro and con with that shit like the pro is you can learn about yourself especially for black people we don't we, we don't we just say africa motherfucking africa is a continent that's like saying america and not taking into account that people from new york and people from california are like two different people and they're not the same so like I, on one end it's like you learn about your history your heritage, your DNA, and on the other hand, it's like you just giving up rights to your DNA. That could be quite dangerous. So it's like a lot of people got screwed because <laughs> uh, definitely says that you will not receive uh, any compensation of any research uh, for any research or commercial products that include or result from your genetic information or self-reported information. But that still doesn't give like the the um, how can I say this the 
to know that uh that they're actually going to um sell your information like you don't right. know that like uh which is very unfortunate because again you're, you're gonna use somebody else's dvd to probably come back a virus or turn like you don't know what you're gonna use somebody unique dna information for and it's like now that you're in the system it's just like how can this affect me down the line like not even in the next 20 years, probably in the next 100 years that you still have a, your DNA is on file and it's been sold to a company. You don't know what they can do with that DNA. Exactly. And that is scary. Scary as fuck. And then it's, I would appreciate if it was some type of compensation like, oh, up front, here's $2,000 if you want to raise the right to your DNA. Even though that, that is nothing compared to the substantial findings that they'll have from your DNA, it's still something. I think like you said you don't know what your DNA could be your DNA could save the world or your DNA can I am legend the world Resident Evil yeah (laughs) so it's it's like eh either or it's bad it's bad man (laughs) what you been on what you been on with music music lately oh man what's what's coming let me check my Apple um Recently, recently, Apple Music, you know, the okay, ain't shit really dropped though lately. Um, uh, okay, okay, here we go. Um, Usher LMA drop, don't waste my time. I like that. Then I, I um, haven't listened to that. That's a nice little song, I fucks with it. Okay, um, Life is Good with Drake and Future, they uh shut the world with that with the video crazy. Oh, Money Back Yo dropped this album surprisingly. Oh, yeah. I like it. Yeah, that was nice. Moneybag. This is the second album that that I've liked from him. Okay. I ain't never listened to the first one, but that you played and uh, that song with Future. <laughs> I fucks with them songs. Yeah. And uh, Moneybag, <laughs> yo, man, teach me the motherfucking game, man. Teach what it to you me, want? bro. How, how, you, how, how you get Megan and then Ari? Teach me the game, bro. You want to know the game, huh? Like, I want to know the game. Because hmm. that's, a, that's a good roster on its own right there. Mm-hmm. Hey, I feel like we haven't talked about music in a minute. We haven't. And I definitely want to go back to the people and say that I did check out NBA Young Boys album a while ago, like way back, in like October, November. Oh, I don't know when we. That sounds a little far, but maybe in November or December I listened to it. And that shit's fire, for real. Like we it? was, we was sleep, bro. We will nah, sleep. Oh, I'll, probably, I'll probably eventually go to it. Bro, that shit hard. <laughs> that shit, he, he might be you doing some hard, dumb stuff. That out. drop that we didn't talk about? What? The Roddy Rich. Man. Please excuse, hey. my please excuse me for being antisocial. That whole project, though. Um, I, I remember the first time I heard the box, I was like, yeah, this is nice right here. Um, mm-hmm. That Let me see. Let me pull it up. We got high fashion. <laughs> uh, Peter with Meek Mill. Uh, start with me with Gunna. That War, war Baby. Dirt. Yep, War Baby. That shit nice. <laughs> like the whole project, backseat with Ty Dolla Sign. Like the whole project from beginning yeah. to end. He dropped a classic. He did. And it was, and it was 
crazy. Like I respected him even more like the the weeks after he dropped the album when you got Justin Bieber and uh Selena Gomez talking about streaming my album, you know, I need these streams. Right. And, uh he just tweeted, Yeah, stream Justin Bieber so uh, <laughs> just stream Selena Gomez where right? it's just like, yo, this nigga I, I, I like this dude, okay. Okay, hey. go, go ahead. Keep, keep it up, bro. Keep it up. Justin Bieber is a fucking ham. Selena Gomez is a fucking ham. Bro, That's... all these people that are begging their fans, their fanatics, um, their supporters to stream just so they can be number one, it's kind of pathetic. And I kind of get the sport of it, like, oh, I want to be number one. But shouldn't you want to be number one at, like, a genuine, authentic level rather than, like, Oh, I'm number one because I figure out different algorithms on how... I feel like we've been saying algorithms a lot this episode, but I figured out different algorithms on how to increase my streams without that authentic, genuine play. Where they're saying like, oh, sleep with it on, and do this, do that, share like this. And like, come on, man, that's, that's doing a lot. That's doing too much. And then to have these PSAs of you like trying to get sympathy. Oh, I had lupus and... When please make me number one. This is just a really great project. Like, oh, no one gives a fuck about Yummy, bro. And, and that's just real. that was trash. It's fuck. Got that, yeah. No, the only thing no, that was good about no. that Yummy shit was Meg the Stallion and her friends. And her friends dancing in the kitchen with it. Like that was cool. That, that was, was like, that was a nice video. Yeah, it was like sexy. Watched it like a lot. Jackie. <laughs> he said he watched it. <laughs> Every it time he came cool. across the timeline, I kept watching it. Yeah. Like, maybe, maybe this song gives you up. No, nah, I don't fuck with this song. But damn, right. it's a lot of yummy going on in this video. Boy, I tell you. <laughs> definitely Justin Bieber lost his uh, black audience once. Well, he lost me after the whole harmonizing niggers and there's going to be one less lonely nigger. You know All I, of that. I, why that never came out to be such more of a bigger deal when that's just a dropper. that's why mm. Mm. interesting interesting yeah. how that works right but when not to compare the two not to compare the two at all and not to defend him at all but when Kevin Hart said those things on Twitter and those jokes those homophobic jokes and tweets the the world went nuts Mm-hmm. Fucking nuts. The world doesn't even care that Justin Bieber harmonized niggers and shit like that and trying to make racist jokes. Like, that wasn't cool. And then Selena Gomez, like, you, I, I know you were, like, I, you know, who you fuck with reflects a little bit of you, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, without even Selena speaking, you'll be like, oh, you used to fuck with that lame ass nigga. Oh, right. It just so happens that consecutive, <laughs> consecutive weeks y'all both out here doing some ham ass shit. All right, y'all some both of y'all. It's like I said, y'all both some hams. Like, all right, fuck it. Come on, man. <laughs> it's all for them. Shout out to Roddy Rich. I didn't mean to take the time away from him and his achievement. Like that was, bro. Shout out. He gonna be a force in the game. Real big force in the game. I don't know if you tuned into the Grammys, but they did a tribute to Nipsey. I seen uh, Meek Mill and him. And uh, DJ Khaled, John Legend. I, I really appreciated uh, the um, <laughs> rest in peace, uh, Nipsey Hussle. His uh, um, damn, fuck, am I trying to say? It's uh, shit. What's that word? Nigga, you just said it. Oh, bro, I gotta stop drinking. 
Yeah. Why is this word not in not where is it? You know that's one my episode, like what's your where name? Is <laughs> where is it? What's his name? Oh my god, I can't find his name. Oh, <laughs> tribute. God damn, why did it take me so long to tribute. say that? Yeah, it's tribute. <laughs> tribute. Well, I don't know why did it oh my god. But uh it was great. It was a great. I like that meek song too. It was dope. Yeah, that was nice. And I man, it, it untimely passing to Kobe Bryant kind of made things a little hard too because it was like man we still agree hey, but I didn't want to watch the Grammys what man fuck y'all gonna do this at Staples Center hey hey they wasn't gonna cancel the Grammys yeah I know hey but like I, I would have been so mad though like I'm at the Grammys with my mistress you know I'm, I'm cheating and like I, I just so happened got these seats next to Kobe jerseys and the Raptors and I was I was just thinking, like, bro, people, these motherfuckers have been on TV this whole time because they keep showing Kobe jersey. And it's just like, damn, bro, I was just really trying to be low-key at the Grammys. But (laughs) (laughs) think about the circumstances. Like, I'm I'm, like, you got to tell your girl, like, nah, these, nah, I got assigned seats up here. And so they give y'all assigned seats up there, too, because I know in celebrities, they get assigned seats for real, for real, where they at the bottom. It's like, nah, yeah, we get get them up here, too. Because, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like people, like, when you just looking at it, it's like people just, like, uncomfortable just sitting there, though, like, they all dressed up nice, and it's just like, the lights just kept being flashed on them. Sucks for those circumstances, but I just found that hilarious. (laughs) Also, uh, shout out to Cole. Winning the Grammy, first Grammy in his bag. Um, with the song I, a lot, him and best rap song. I think that was him and Twenty One Savage. So that's dope. Real hype about that. Nip took home some Grammys with the uh, DJ Khaled song and the one song Rex in the middle. So that was pretty dope. Shitty circumstance, shitty timing, and everything. Um, I think Alicia Keys did a really good job at lifting the. Lifting people's spirit for the award ceremony, though. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. It's very hard to just come out at that time and just sing uh, like <laughs> off the like you know just like stuff that wasn't planned, like a tribute to Kobe and just yeah, and just like with boys to men and stuff like that. It was just ah oh, man, it's just, it's just sad, man. Like oh man, but uh. Fuck the Grammys though, because nobody really gives a fuck about all yeah, that. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck about the Grammys. Fuck the Grammys, yeah. bro. Fuck. I only tuned in for the Nipsey tribute and heard Tyler the Creator's, which I didn't like. Like, why is Tyler the Creator winning Best Rap Album? It's something that he spoke. I really love his speech because it's something that he spoke about. He was like, Oh yeah, yeah. He was like, uh, people that look like me get placed in this category of urban, which I don't like that word because it's just really of a. A fancy way of saying the uh, N word, and um, yeah, he was absolutely right because uh, so <laughs> that album's only got like at most three to four songs with just rapping in it. Not even that. Right. That's really a pop album, which is a great album. Don't get me wrong. A wonderful but, album. Yeah, I, I really like this album, but it's not rap. It's not like a Dreamville album, which was nominated with that uh, category, or like the Meek Mill album, which was nominated yeah. also. And it was just all those albums was just straight up just rap, 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 you know? Yeah, so. Yeah, but I really did appreciate his speech. I appreciated uh, Puff, too, the night before at the uh, the dinner. 
when he was talking yeah, about you know making it's more it's diverse in here. I think that was really good. Might scare some white people, which is good. Scare some folks, get some people shaking up. You know, make some change. I think that was good. That was good for the people, for the cause, especially those who, you know, a lot of people look up to the Grammys, even though most of us realize Grammys is bullshit. But some people, you know, they want a fair shot at the Grammys. So give them their fair shot. Somebody that got late on was uh, Larry June. Larry June, I really fuck with uh, his music, that Out the Trunk. And I've been, man, you, you play that Out the Trunk. 6 a.m. Getting ready for your day. You gonna feel like hustling, getting on your grind, doing what you need to do. Like I gotta listen to. It. I've never heard of this uh, guy. He or he do a lot of work with uh, Cardo. You know, um, you no know, Cardo and Pay had those two albums together. He do a lot of work with Cardo. So it's that same with uh, Cardo. What, what was that? Yep. Um, I was just playing that that um game related. That's so that's them. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. really liking this game related so far. I just listened to like the first four songs. So it was pretty dope so far. So I'm going to go back into it though. Yeah, I was just playing that. Um, there's like Payroll on there, Kid on there, Larry June, Cardo. And they just spit in, you know, and it's nice. I fucks with it. Yeah, um, I, I really like Meg Thee Stallion's little uh, sample on Tupac's uh, I'd Rather Be Your Nigga. With the, I'd rather be a B-I-T-C-H. I'm not going to call her that. But I like the twist on the song. I like the woman's perspective of it. I think it's kind of cool, kind of powerful. Um, I definitely want to check out... I, I was watching the Grammys a little bit of it, and I was like, let me grab some music out of here that I wouldn't listen to. Um, I think it's called I-I, Bon Iver, Bon Iver. I don't know who they are. Definitely out of my realm, out of my category, but I definitely want to check it out. Um, get to know them a little better. Let's see. Uh, doesn't even say. And what it's always good. Just it's always good to expand your uh, music uh, library. Oh yeah, it's not most just like straight just most rap, different. just rap or trap. Like twenty four seven, you'll drive yourself crazy. R and B, like all different type of genres. Like you gotta love it. Yeah, most deaf, most deaf. Anybody that uh that hasn't yet. Check out the evolution of hip hop on Netflix. Definitely a great series to watch. I'm on the fourth season. It's pretty dope. I like it. If you're a fan of hip hop, fan of rap, fan of music, and just the evolution of things, you'll really appreciate that. Um, and especially if you know the history of music in this country and how a lot of it comes from our culture, whether it's the blues, rock and roll, jazz, um, really anything dealing with music, country has come from our culture, black culture. So just knowing like the gradual history and change of things is always dope and always cool to see because, you know, that's our history and we recreating our history as we speak. So check that out. Take that. Take that. Low key, I have not watched that yet. And I see oh, it was on man. season four and I was just like, yo, why haven't I watched this yet? Like, what the, what is wrong with me? Bro. But I'm definitely going to tune in, though. <laughs> I, I, what I want to do is... uh get a list of all the artists even if they talk about them for one minute 30 seconds a whole hour or whatever get a list of every artist that's mentioned in the evolution of hip-hop the netflix series put them on a playlist and just shuffle that shit <laughs> that's gonna be a lot of work that's four seasons worth of all these artists like they they, they got an eminem segment showing him rapping in detroit they're showing history about that they got all types of stuff 
They got artists I never even heard of. They didn't even know that that was a genre of rap. I didn't even know that that was some type of performance back in the like different stuff. I'm like, yo, this is dope. Like, and all these these old heads know about these people. Like, yo, these was the real rappers, and this was that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is definitely needed for the culture and definitely needed for history because I feel like rap oftentimes get looked at as a less than category of music. And um big facts big facts yeah and we see that all the time today like even like the new shift and change in music that's happening now with rap people are like oh that ain't real rap that ain't real rap well if you run it back 20 years ago people were saying the same shit about these other cats coming out that we love today oh that ain't real rap you can't do that woo, woo. so I think it'll really make people appreciate how unique diverse and ever-changing rap is and how we push the culture and we change things but yeah. Speaking of M though, did you uh, like his new album? Oh yeah, M. We didn't even talk about M's new album. So, you know how I feel about M. You know, he he's one of the goats, one of the greats. But whenever you a goat or you a great, I'm I'm hard on you. I critique you like crazy. So to be honest, I didn't finish the album. I got to what uh. Right before Stepdad. I heard the Royce the Five. I had I stopped at the Royce the Five nine because I had to hear him. You know, Royce, <laughs> that nigga be spit. <laughs> like he don't he don't ever hold Royce him, gonna man. go. Yeah. Royce gonna go. Man. He he talked that shit and he gonna he gonna spit like it doesn't matter. Like Royce gonna get it going. But overall, I think we should finish it. I'm I'm gonna finish it. It's I'm definitely finish. better than comma it definitely better his last two obviously don't put out oh yeah yeah that's what Bob was getting he, he was on his storytelling and when em and his storytelling bad he's one of the best of all time no doubt oh, yeah that that um that darkness man out when i heard that darkness I, I had to replay that motherfucker i was like yeah let me run this back three three four times right off the bat and i don't usually do that when i listen to albums for the first time i just say fuck it i'll catch it back on the shuffle or when i come back to about like no this one right here that's nice Someone else that's featured on this M album that I got hip to is uh, Don Tolliver. So I was listening to that Jack Boy stuff with you know Travis and them. I fuck with that. Like it's real small. It's a a nice like I think that's like the new move these days. It's like those small, concise little projects that just got a lot of good content in it and a lot of good feature artists. Like what is it? Seven songs on here. One of them we already heard, the highest in the room, but it's a remix or whatever. But it's nice. It's still all nice. That had enough go crazy. Um, everything go crazy on here. A lot of people like that pop smoke out uh, song. It was all right to me, but had enough was was it for me. Uh, out West was nice. What to do? Gang, gang, Jack Boy. Like, oh, that shit just hard. So then I was like, man, this Don Tolliver dude. I like his uh, like his sound. It kind of remind me of uh, Samuel Shabazz. Uh, a Detroit artist right there. Yeah, if y'all don't know who Sam Shabazz is, check him out. He be rapping with uh, Babyface Ray and all them. So, but he got like a more of a singing rap thing to him, and it's nice. It's real nice. So check out uh, Samuel Shabazz when you get the time. But Daniel Tolliver kind of remind me of a little, a little bit of him. So I'm like, let me go check out his music, man. He got a Donnie Womack little project, 13 songs. Man, this shit is hard, like hard, 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 hard. So. Check him out whenever y'all get the time. Hey, I haven't listened to that Jagged Boys yet, though, but I've heard nothing but great things about it, so I definitely should check it out. Um, 
Yeah, and everything else you just said was just right on. Because everybody, I feel like everybody killing it right now. Yeah. It's not really been nothing bad put in. It's not really been no disappointments. Like, uh, let me see. Also, Dreamville dropped an extended version of their album. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Dreamville. I, I hate the fact that they waited a whole year to drop it, but hey, yeah. when they've been on the run, they've been on. Uh, they've been doing it and it's not like they um they had the best year as a group last year even though some people say otherwise <laughs> yeah i don't know they they definitely had the best best year i'm just getting hip to griselda yeah me that, too that whole crew and they they pretty nice i like they the dope. way they sound they dope and they, uh, they got a buffalo yeah. some buffalo guys going <laughs> <Holding> down <laughs> buffalo so they they dope, they dope as hell too though. But hey, it's Dreamville is gonna be on every show. Fuck nigga on every show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that Griselda nice, that uh, Benny the Butcher Cole, I fuck with him. That Dreamville, that uh, what was that song Revenge? Mm-hmm. Man, that song dig deep. All them songs on that extended version go crazy. Not fuck with it, man. Not and, and it's not one Cole song on there which is surprising because I'm like, damn. Okay, <laughs> this how y'all coming. <laughs> So I like that. Um, as far as any more music, I think that might be all the music I can think of off the top of my head. Except for going back playing old stuff. Uh, you know what I went back to? I went back to today. I went back to that Chief Key Finally Rich. Okay. Uh, playing Kobe. Yeah. It's just like, yo, this this guy was really 16 putting yeah. out this type of music. Yeah. What a legend. Shout out to Chief Keith. I don't want to. Bro, he, he put that's, Chicago that's drill music on the map. Yeah, that's what that's all he wants to say about it. Legend, 16. He's yeah. still in 24. Nah, it's just it's just crazy. He put Chicago Chief. drill on the map, bro. Big, big facts. Like, yeah, the world he, did not know shit about it until these bitches love Sosa. You got any bitch fuck yous? Uh, bitch fuck yous. Um, damn, I had one. Okay, I did have one. I thought about this too. Oh, I can't really. No, you know what? Now, this is what I said. I was going to keep it positive due to the circumstances of the uh, last couple of days. So, no bitch fuck yous for this week. Everybody tell a loved one that you love them, even all the little shit that's been in the past, all that old shit, let that shit go. Cause life is short. Keep on striving to be the best in whatever field that you do. Yeah, that's real. Cause I for sure, shit, I definitely got a cousin that I wanted to call. Even before this whole Kobe thing, but after this thing kind of made it like, all right, you need to do it. Like before it was just a thought, like, you know, I should really call them and, you know, just check in on them, see what's up with the rule. Even though me and that person ain't got beef at all. It's just some indifferences that that's happened, but I'm definitely gonna call them. But my bitch fuck you is to this to this fucking media, man. Like that shit was ridiculous, man. Sunday was a fucking shit show. That's what I was gonna say about the media, about all that false, you know, hey man, fuck the media. And fuck TMZ too for that shit. Yeah, man, fuck TMZ, fuck the media, fuck everybody just trying to race and try to have the first start. Like, it just seemed like they was really just every every news media outlet was sitting in a room. Kobe died? All right, bet. What y'all think happened? 
No, make it sound more real. All right, bet. Put that out there. Fuck. Shit, we got the wrong information. 20 minutes later. All right, this is our new article. And it's just like, yo, you playing with people's lives, man. Like, you for real playing with people's lives? That shit was wrong, bro. People really out here thinking, like, all types of shit, man. And and then you're seeing all this false information. So you're like, wait, is, is was Kobe on there? And now you're trying to play the thought of, like, fuck. He wasn't, he wasn't on there because these niggas can't even get a, a straight story. They just keep adding him. And it almost felt like the same thing when when Nipsey when Nipsey got killed. It was like, okay, news came out. And then it was like, well, Nipsey was there, but we don't know if it was him. And it's like, all right, then what the fuck is you talking about? Shut up. Like, you don't need to say nothing. And show respect to the family. The family don't need to find out because of you. Man, you ain't nobody. And what the fuck? Like, and you see how many people you connected to and how many people you can touch within the, a moment's notice because the social media stuff is so quick bro don't nobody need that no 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 nobody need to experience that nobody family need to just pull up their phone and just see oh shit my dad died just just off the rip of that alone was just like yo you can't even let the police let you know first before like <laughs> it's it's, it's sickening how they just rush into the story without all the proof Man, that was real disgusting, man. And they really showed their ass. They they hurt a lot of people. Um, I haven't seen now as quick as I and as much information I've seen, I have not seen one apology issued out to the family. Like fucking an apology for me and other fans, but like the families, the friends, the close ones, the loved ones, man. And also fuck whoever leaked to the police that know that who was in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like it's got to be somebody that's in the department or like in the emergency, one of the first responders to uh, give that evidence out there. Like, fuck you, who to have leaked that shit out there? Right, exactly. So it was like that shit was just a lot, man. And um, also, man, bitch, fuck you to all the people that's exposing people in real intimate and sensitive times like this. Like, I, I shouldn't see LeBron James. I don't want to see people, even though it shows how human they are, I don't expose them to these intimate moments of, like, LeBron James walking off a plane crying. Who was recording this? Like, why are you doing that, bro? Let let them, you know, heal during a time like this and feel, you know? They shouldn't have to do this in the public eye with the camera in their face, man, because I know somebody somebody is close to me like that was to die get passed away. I wouldn't want a fucking camera in my face. And somebody definitely you know? uh, paid for that video and just... Just sick how you just sit there waiting for a man to get off a plane just to record this reaction. Like, grow the fuck up. Man, that shit is wrong, man. That shit is very wrong. But, you know, I had to let that out because I, I, I ain't about to just rant on Twitter about that or nothing. But, yeah, um, that's my bitch. Fuck you. And also kind of picking up what uh, P. Davis said, man, if you got somebody you love, Tell them you love them, man. Don't don't wait until it's too late. If you got somebody you got some beef with, some trouble with, man, talk it out. Squash that shit, man. See eye to eye. Have a beer with each other or something, man. Roll one one up. Smoke some, man. Just kick it and chill. Get to know each other. Or, man, you got somebody you did wrong. Tell them you, and you know, you, man, tell them my bad, man. I was, I, I, was, I was out here wild, living reckless, man. I was out here stressing, man. I'm sorry. Some shit like that. Or if somebody did you wrong, man. Don't even wait for them to confront you, because I always hear a lot of people talk about, I ain't got to say sorry to that motherfucker because they ain't saying shit to me, or woo woo vice versa, back and forth, or they did me wrong. Be be a bigger person and approach that person first, and be like, hey, look, man, 
I already know that you ain't got to tell them they fucked up. Just be like, man, I already know there's tension between us and this is the situation, but I forgive you. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's not even bothering you, just let that person know that they forgiven or you ain't got no grudge against them because don't nobody, don't nobody need to go to the grave with that on them, for real. And that's real right there. Nah, that dog really just tried to fight me. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man, you got anything else? Oh, man. Nah, I'm pretty done. Uh, definitely got out all I wanted to say about, you know, the last uh, couple of days. And just, yeah, just uh, everybody keeps striving to be the best they can be. Um, the mama mentality is not for everybody because uh, that's a different mentality. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hey man, recipes Kobe Bryant, the goat, my goat, and uh, you know everybody just hey leave that shit alone, let that shit go, and just say uh love you to your loved ones, cause clearly you don't know when the shit can change. Straight up. I wanna be the best. I wanna be the best. Simple as playing. That's why I play the game. To be the best, you have to win. He's the best player in the game. It's just that simple. There's nothing that Kobe Bryant can't do. He will defend your best player. He will shoot from the perimeter. He will get all in your mug. He will do whatever it takes. He is the most complete basketball player in the game today, bar none. He has an assassin's mentality. I said this week, I said this when the trade went down, and I'll repeat it again. Who's starving more for an NBA World Championship more than Kobe Bryant? There is no one. This guy is highly motivated. What separates Kobe? On the court, and I'm the greatest on the verse. Going for the fourth ring like it was his first. Gotta get the gleam, do it for Kareem. Two foes so nice, my flow so mean. Catch me at the game, sitting next to Goldstein. Kobe Bryant, Nikes, purple gold strings. Kobe in the game, don't get no black, black mamba, attack, conquer. Basketball beast, rap, rap monster. Crossover good, a turnaround jumper. I just drive the lane and dunk on dunkers. You know where it's going, it's going down, yo. This is the lake show, but don't drown, though. I call him King Bryant, not let the crown show. Definitely, I'm just lost for words. I mean, he's amazing. Pass me the damn ball, I don't need a pick at all. And don't worry about my shot, cause I'ma get that all. Yeah, I drive 40 on your double team. Then I drive 81 on another team. Yeah, you better guard me with caution. Watch I work them like an auction <laughs> No such thing as exhaustion No time for resting Cause I don't take breaks I just break records <laughs> And I prefer the ball with three seconds And I bet we gon' win it all in three seconds You did? That is a guarantee apparently And please tell your defense Don't ever mess a man with me Double team, triple team You defenders tickle me But I never let them get to me Literally Step back and give them a three Ain't, ain't no defending me Guy's certainly envious of the way Bryant's played lately, LeBron James. I've been quoted saying that he's definitely the best player in our league. Um, to me, in my eyes, the best scorer in our in our in our league. And it's, I mean, I don't know if it's another, it's not another guy in this league that can accomplish some of the things that he's doing right now. 
Never take a day off. Catch you at the top, put the key and get a J off. Baseline FaceTime, tongue out like two three. Even two three, gotta love how I do me. Practice while you sleep. Practice in my sleep. Straight out of high school, the brackets ain't for me. I will be jumping over you like I got a mattress at my feet and all field Jackson things. You better be passing it to me. I put the master in the piece. Attack you like a beast, and I am starving for victory, and that means I'ma eat. And when they ask you who's the best, then the answer should be me. <laughs> who's the best player in the NBA? Oh, still Kobe Bryant. Really? Why? Because oh, you never know what you're gonna get. Call me Mr. Clutch or Mr. Automatic. I can post them up all on my go get the alley. I'm going for the ring. I'm going for the ring. I went to Beijing and came back with the bling. Who they want? They want Kobe. And what he want? He want the trophy, the victory, and the glory. No Shaq, no Robert Ory. Not break them all. Kobe, break them all. Yeah, you better be where the liquor down. Yeah, just give him the ball and he take it out. And he the best, yeah Don't worry, LeBron Get him next year Now what's defense To an assassin Killer instinct Murder the basket Then steal the ball back Hold it for ransom It's more than a game This is a passion Been the all-star Been a champion Free throw line You hear him chanting Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant.